And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan Podcast. And I'm Luke. I'm Mike. And I'm Brent. What did you think of the game this week, James? Um, it was good. Good? Just good. <laughs> Who was the best player? Number eight. Ooh, Ooh. Samari Torre. Ooh. I change it up a little bit there. What about uh, Dalton Sneed there, number 11? Yeah. Yeah. What about your boy, Jerry Lou McGee? Did pretty good with two touchdowns. <laughs> that Absolutely. Be- that beats my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say? You know, North Dakota actually lost to North Dakota State, I think, 58-7. to <laughs> For the record, that game is occurring in our living room from oh. two weeks ago. Oh, oh, that's right. Yes, that game was happening. <laughs> you got to like that memory the, recall there. The Grizz wrapped up. <laughs> Was he worried that he was going to get fact checked? Like people are like in the background. I heard a North Dakota, North Dakota State score. He's got it. He's James got it. Off, so he just had to come in and make a quick correction. By the way, all right, guys. So uh, hell of a week. Oh my god, yeah. we have a lot to talk about. We do. So this was the uh, first time the three of us have ever watched a game together. Yeah. And uh, Brent made us take touchdown shots. Yes. Hell of a game. Brought to you by Jim Beam. <laughs> May have taken a nap after the game. <laughs> Pussies. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so we went into the game and, and we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but we were trying to read um, uh, Coach Houck's kind of tone yeah you know at qb club last week trying to get a feel for is he confident and thinks they're gonna win or is it just kind of a somber like this is a good team we've got a tall task Mm -hmm. and i don't know if he thought they were gonna win on monday but he certainly thought they were gonna win saturday morning oh my god yeah that that was the best game that hawks had since his return i think right by far like it's not even close i mean i i don't know what else would i don't know what else would take care of beat a ranked team since the last time he was, I mean, under Bobby Houck. Bobby Houck coach team hasn't beat a ranked team since 2009 for the and, Grizz. And we do it on the road. On the road, too. Yeah. And that was like the thing where we've, we've, we kind of talked about this. Like a lot of the previous Bobby Houck uh, regime uh, was an earlier season road letdown game. Like you'd have those. And, and a lot of times, I mean, there was years you can think about it, They bounce back. You know, 2004, we go to Sam Houston State. We get rolled, but then we, you know, get it together, get on a roll. 2008, we go to Weber State, real ugly game. Like, we'd have those, like, early, like, ugly road losses. And so you kind of thought maybe that was going to happen here. But they – I mean, that's incredibly prepared. And they just blew the doors off of Davis. You know, they blew the doors off of Davis, but they didn't do anything gimmicky. I mean, they just lined up and beat them. Yeah. Well, that's what we talked about, like, at halftime, right? So we were saying that – we can think back to even last year or the previous three years where the Grizz would have a lead on a team. And I can think there was especially that Eastern Washington night game homecoming, which was 16 or 17. I can't remember. 17. Uh, 17. Yeah. Cause Gresh was QB. Yeah. yeah. 17. And we were up. No. Yeah. 17. Yeah. 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 So we were up pretty good on Eastern. This first I remember being at, at uh, you know, you're out of, we're halftime tailgate parties and people were like, we're going to do this. And I was like, man, like Eastern dropped like three touchdowns and we, we got this, you know, we threw a Hail Mary. Like it just, it's like, we're like patchwork lead. And this like 
Saturday. They just went out and did what they had to do. The only new thing I saw from this team this year was um, something we saw a lot of last year, and that's Dalton Sneed using his legs. Yeah. Uh, I saw Sean Rainey's bold predictions, bold in air quotes, <laughs> that Dalton Sneed would beat his career, his season high rushing, which was oh, 27 yeah. yards. <laughs> Ooh, Sean, like, bold, Sean. Sean. Sean Luke wants you to be a little bolder. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, sure as shit, like, when uh, UC Davis dropped back in coverage, Dalton Sneed made this smart, heady, mature play. And took off on a number of occasions. I mean, it was clear to me that he had directions in the pre-conference season not to do that. Stay in the pocket. Yeah. 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 Well, and then this was the first game this year where there were designed QB keepers. Mm -hmm. And it is fascinating where, um, I mean, Hawkins just must have forgot what's what we did on offense last year and how we had multiple games. What was that? Was it the Sac State game in Missoula where it was like the whole game was Dalton Sneed faking a pitch or faking a pass and running the ball? Yep. And this, there was a lot where guard, you know, left guard or right guard pulls over and lead blocks and running back lead blocks. It's a designed run the whole way. And Sneed, it's like Davis forgot that he's more of a runner too. And so – Guy goes for 81 yards on the day. I mean, awesome. And Davis didn't know what was coming their way. No, he was crazy. I mean, he had an awesome, like, almost fake throw, like they were going to fake the yeah. bubble screen to the left. And, you know, I forget the number, but like 19 or 14 or something comes flying in and tries to block it. And Steve just takes off and gets 14 yards. And it's mm-hmm. just like, you kind of knew <laughs> that they had him, I think. And yeah. you kind it took us a while to kind of acknowledge that they had him, but rewatching it it was kind of clear from the start <laughs> we were nervous i maybe my my jim beam induced nervousness was was wearing <laughs> off on the whole room but uh you know like when they kicked the field goal at the half i was like remember we were talking about it It was like oh god i wanted a touchdown mm-hmm. it's uh well, it's no, only a 10 point 10 game points. i mean uh, you know we had we had what 18 on them last year but it didn't matter but in retrospect where it's like uh, davis had a little bit of momentum there and um, the Grizz took it and, and ran out all the remaining clock. Yeah, they would have liked a touchdown, but they got a field goal. I mean, that's Davis a winning Morgan. team. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're getting some momentum, run out the clock, get the ball, you know, because they, they get the ball to start the second half. And they march right down and score a touchdown. Yep. Sa- yeah. Sammy Akem, beautiful. Ugh. Man, that's a catch that we used to criticize him about not making. Yep. You know, maybe a year and a half ago. Absolutely. Yep. And we saw him turn a corner kind of the last part of last season. And he became this unstoppable force. But he lost a lot of jump balls earlier in his career. Not anymore. No, he just went right up, grabbed it. I think it, this is some stuff that we had talked about before, of course. And it's it's awesome to see this coaching staff take the prior some of these prior coaching staff recruits and get them to a level that – maybe the prior staff could not have done. And Mike and I had talked about this when we'd be at some practices. It's like, man, are these guys like this change in the style of coaches and the way we see of practice and presumably how that carries through the whole way this team is operated and run. Are these guys going to be able to hold up? Uh, is Cause Sammy and Samore and Jerry all came here to be receivers for Bob Stitt. 
and it was a totally different design and style. And, and um, you know, last year was rough year for Samori, but he's really bounced back. But we saw Sammy grow so much, and he's continued as well too. And, I mean, you've got to credit the guys for – basically uh what they've what they, they're sticking with it and growing and becoming what they are they are and the coaching staff too and we heard this last year where bobby very forwardly said we have the best wide receivers coach in all of college football and maybe biased but i mean brent pease and you can argue though like wide receiver is our best position and everyone jokes about we had 30 receivers on scholarship two years ago but it's like they have these guys weren't playing like this nope. two years ago. Absolutely not. And, I mean, there's six guys on this re- receiver roster right now that would start on most any team. I, I, and I was saying, you know, I used to say, well, maybe not UC Davis, maybe not Eastern. I think now they'd start on any team. And it's like the receiver core on this, it's just wild. And what they've got out of them, it's, it's crazy. I have to think that those receivers, yeah, you talked about a lot of them were recruited by Stitt, but I have to think they like this offense better. Oh, I would bet. And it's like not that, you know, I don't think we're throwing the ball any less than we were, honestly. Um, But I think playing in an offense where you know that you are going to be out on an island or running a bubble screen constantly and you're going to get the hell beat out of you because you don't have a running game would suck after a while, you know? So I got to think that they kind of like – you know, Pease and Rosie come up with unique ways to use them. They run different route combinations. They throw deep. They do, you know, um, they, they bring them across the field. They do all that. I just have to think it's a more fun offense. Uh, well, and I think, obviously, uh, right, these guys are like, they're athletes. They're competitors. Yep. And the way that they have them playing now where it's like go down the field and punish the defender and, and, and win the play and just beat the hell out of people. Like, when you're in the middle of a – pretty intense competitive sport like that it's like that's like the best feeling in the world right like when you just kick the shit out of the other guy like that just feels great so it's got to be fun too i would think so so i was trying to look this up i gotta get the stats side by side because i want to see where montana stacks montana this year in terms of offense stacks up against last year's or not last year's two years ago so this year, Grizz are passing for 317 per game. Stitz last year, they were passing for 305 per game. We were, um, is this say per game? So, yeah, this doesn't break it down. So we were averaging 8.1 yards per pass and 13.3 per completion under Stitt. And we were we are 7.6 per pass and 11.3 under Hauk. So a little shorter. But obviously, we've got a dynamically better run game, 161 on the ground versus um, what well, looks like about 130. So, I mean, the run game's there. But the way they're playing, and of course, time of possession as well, too, where Stitt's team's time of possession differential is about four to five minutes. So, um, if you're a receiver, you're going to be on the field a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know? I think, I mean... One of the things, and I tweeted this though too, and I think this, there's a lot of football in front of this team and who knows the way the rest of this year is going to go. But if the Grizz continue the way they are, this game is the resume for Dalton Sneed MVP of the Big Sky. 
and maybe bigger awards as well too because okay. this was an incredible game by Dalton Sneed. That's on my list to talk about. So yeah. I'm going to cue you up and you can start. I mean, okay. Hauk said after the game, they've got Jake Mayer. Uh, he doesn't understand that you pronounce it Mayer Meyer. But uh, <laughs> um, he said, you know, he's great. He's, he's got potential at the next level, but we've got the best quarterback in the league. What mm-hmm. do you guys think about that? You know, I think, I mean, this is kind of an apples to oranges comparison, but like you were just saying, Brent, the dominance with with which Dalton Sneed played, yeah, he took it to the UC Davis team more than Oregon took it to the Grizzlies. Yeah, he did. He was he? more dominant in than game, Herbert than was Herbert against was the Grizz. Yeah, the Grizz. What do you think about that, Mike? I think that when I pointed out that we'd played Herbert all right last week, you guys laughed at me. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I don't, it's just, you know, it's like, and we talked about this a bit last week where it's like with Snead, it's like he'll have these great stat lines and we can find stuff to pick on. And you can, he started two a seven and he was a little bit hyped up. But I think the difference between Snead this year compared to Snead last year is a couple games last year, he started that way and he couldn't get out of the funk, like Portland State. This year, he's had a couple sets of series where it's like, oh, it's starting to go. And then he gets back and he just goes out and, I mean, I wouldn't trade him for anybody right now. I think it's a combination of three things. Um, one, I think our offensive line is better. It yep. oh, makes yeah. you feel safer. He doesn't have to run and scramble. He can look to pass uh, to one, two, three options before he even has to think about scrambling. Second thing is I think he's maybe more in tune with his core of receivers. Absolutely. Yeah. And three, I mean, this is still a young man who's probably getting better at football still. Mm-hmm. And I think that one's, I listed it three, but that might be one uh, in terms of importance. He's making all the right reads on the RPOs. Yep. This week he scrambled when he should have scrambled. You know, the only, I mean, if I'm going to, and this is nitpicking, yep. and I would never say this in front of his face because he played <laughs> damn near flawlessly. <laughs> Fucking slide, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we said this last week. He was better. I mean, at least he dove. You know, yeah, that's right. he did <laughs> dive a few times, didn't he? <laughs> but other than that, I thought he played so damn well. I think Coach Hout called him a fullback with a QB's arm. <laughs> Just go out and hit guys. <laughs> well, there was uh, Sean Rainey put it up the freeze frame of his first touchdown to Jerry Lou McGee, and that ball is it's as good a good a throw as over you could the corners make. fingers and. I mean, and then Louis McGee's. I mean, credit Jerry on the second touchdown because he's got a four, he's got to catch that ball through a guy's arm. Yeah, uh, but that could have been a little bit quicker in front of him. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. yeah, and then we well, had pressure in his face. Though. Oh yeah, I was yeah, gonna. Yeah, say, it's so. easy for me to say that uh, sitting at my dining room table. <laughs> <Damn> Dalton. Um, <laughs> and then I think the basically it was effectively the drive that kind of shut the door on the Davis slight comeback attempt. There was a pass down the sideline to Deming, mm-hmm. which, much like Jerry Lee McGee's second touchdown, it looked like a throwaway pass. I thought right? he was throwing away both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay, I guess whatever. And I was like, oh, shit, they caught it. Like, And touchdown, and on the other side, first down. And Davis just didn't have an answer. And I, This was the best game we've seen from Dalton. And, um, yeah, and, and the team responds to him. I mean, early, right, first two drives weren't very good, and Dalton was – on his guys because it looked like there's maybe some errors on the field and um 
Yeah, I, he's passionate. If he keeps playing this way, I just I I can't imagine. I mean, he is such a threat, and he has the right tools around him. We I mean, have a running game. We have an O line that's getting way better every day, every week, and he's got this receiver core where he's he's just locked in with these guys. I mean, to to, to like the like the uh, lineman off sides, free play, fire it down the sideline. Like it's just that's. At the college level, especially our FCS level, you just don't see that that much. You know what's interesting is is Coach Hauk pointed out that that Cy Sermon, you know, if the, sees the guy jump, he can, he can just snap it. Yeah, and you know, credit to that offense for both of them because that's they don't just let any random person do it because there's a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> who would panic if the ball got stabbed before (laughs) you know so credit to them for for being able to pull that off and and clearly sneed must have a hard count that was getting these guys yeah yeah uh yeah so it's just i think um yeah so question for you guys i mean obviously there are great receivers individual receivers on teams throughout the league there are great running backs on teams throughout the league there are great tight ends on teams throughout the league but do you think there's a coach in the league when being honest, when you, if given opportunity to say, I will trade my skill players straight across for the Grizzly skill players, wouldn't take it? I don't think so. I don't know much about Eastern's running game. Yeah, that but Eastern came to mind. I mean, I know, but I, I mean, know Idaho State will start talking about them. Yeah, they I, have some supremely talented skill they do. players. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and veterans. So, veterans. so like any coach, like you get Snead, Knight, Deming, Bingham, and the six receivers straight up, straight trade. up for everything no you way. got. No way. Every just, coach, every single coach would yeah, take them. I don't see it. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe Meyer and the running back at UC Davis, they'd say, "Well, we'll but I don't know." The running back that had 38 yards on nice Saturday. Work defense. We're going to talk about them. <laughs> um, so Snead, uh, uh, consecutive Big Sky Players of the Week. Yep. So good for him. Um, it's fun to see. It's it's fun to see the Grizz having a team that's getting recognition. But we've talked about this. We've been there before a couple different times in the last four or five seasons, 4 yeah. or one 5 or one yep. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Let's talk about the defense for a second. First of all, um, <laughs> Jacob McGoran, true freshman that from guy. Cheney, Washington, uh, started, and I don't think ass. I don't think they cannot play him. <laughs> I mean, he was a man out there. And wasn't he? He was the guy. So I know we we stole him out of Cheney. His dad played for the was, Eagles. His I dad think. was. Uh, this is like. This is that's classic Bobby, right? Mm-hmm. Like, go get a legacy kid and steal him away, right? Like, out of a school's backyard. Like, we did that all the time when he was here before, usually with uh, the neighbors down the road. But it's like to get this guy, and then, man, I it it I will be interesting to see because that was his first game, first mm-hmm. game, yeah. And it'll be interesting because obviously he's got four to play, so they probably were thinking, let's see what he's got here, but. If he plays the next three games like he played this one, he's out there. But let's talk about the D-line as a whole. I mean, yeah, yeah there's some some older guys that are playing a little bit, but I mean, Patrick O'Connell's coming out of nowhere. Oh, he's, a, he's a sophomore, right? Yes. Uh, no, retro freshman. Retro freshman from, from Kalispell. From Kalispell. Walk-on. Well, I knew he was a walk-on, but he played some more. Anyway, so young guy. I mean, we have all these guys. What's his name? Um, um, well, McGoran, um, Mamula. Yep. Um, 
um, I always want to say Favros, but it's not. Um, uh, starts with a B. Babros. Babros. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, these guys are coming out of the woodwork. I wonder if this is what we talk about when we say, like, Bobby knows how to coach athletes to become great football players. Because it doesn't seem probable that he just happened to hit home runs with all these recruits. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just not probable. Yeah, it's, that's something that maybe we're not appreciating enough, but the number of freshmen and sophomores contributing on this team this year is a testament to the incredible recruiting job he's done his first two years. I mean, because even if we don't know how this true freshman class is going to shake out, but to have a couple guys contributing as true freshmen and other guys you're excited about still redshirting, I mean – Hard to say it's off to a bad start. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I kind of thought that a big part of this game was the emergence of the pressure we could put on from our front four. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and what's interesting is if somebody just saw some clips, they would say that we blitzed blitzed a lot, but we really didn't. No. Because if you look at our design, sometimes people think if our linebackers are going in, we're blitzing, when in reality – our DNs are dropping back into coverage. So it's almost like our ends are acting as the linebackers and linebackers are coming in. So I actually watched that game and feel like we blitzed less in this game than we have all year. Yeah, I'd agree. It's, I mean, it didn't look like they blitzed a lot where Monmouth the week before in the fourth quarter, I think that's all we did. Um, but yeah, it wasn't at the McGoran sack. It was mm-hmm. the D-line dropped into coverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it was, and then there was the, the sack on the second possession of the – or I guess it would be Davis's first possession of the second half right, right, yeah. when they just brought all that pressure and Meyer didn't want anything to do with it. He like double clutched dropped and dropped the ball <laughs> and Ryder Rice, I think dove on it. Yep. And I mean, it was just like, he wanted nothing of it, which when was the last time you remember the Grizzly line putting that pressure on someone? I think when we played Iowa state at home in that playoff game under I the know. lights, or Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. I was Sorry. like, whoa. Do you remember that playoff game? Yeah. No. Northern it Iowa. It was 1943. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comparison. But that, I remember that quarterback just start, I mean, he threw a ball like 70 feet in the air just to get <laughs> yeah. get rid of it in time. Stop hitting me. Well, and I mean, we took last year's MVP, this year's preseason MVP, the coach of the year, the number one team, and nine minutes left in the game. Wave the white flag. Bring in the backups. Like it was done. Forget this. Like we're done. That's. I mean, that's an ass kicking. And to do that to the once number one team in the conference. And for how they played against North Dakota State the week before. Yeah. I mean, it just. And they people can say whatever they want, but it's like you don't beat a team like that. That's something not to let yourself lose. Is that this isn't a patsy? No. This like, was preseason UC number one. Davis. Dang near beat North Dakota State. They had opportunities deep into the game to take the lead against North Dakota State. The following week, we put the boots to them. Yeah. I I was kind of – I don't know. I, I mean, it, it surprises me a little bit, but I don't think UC Davis was ready for the Grizz to be this physical based on the way they'd played before. But – that physical nature of the way this team plays it was on film from this year. So, but I just think teams are getting caught off guard because I think they're expecting still a little bit of what they saw last year and years before. 
And but but Davis played and North Coast State plays physical football, so it's not like Davis hadn't played a physical team, but they just weren't prepared for it. it I mean, the Grizz outrushed Davis two hundred and sixty to sixty. <laughs> they outpassed him. Well, I, Davis outpassed us by about twenty six yards. Yeah. Um, but total yards, UM five twenty eight, Davis three fifty one. Yeah. I mean, what is what do we think about our defense? Like, is this an anomaly? Did they just get them, or is our defense maybe a little bit better than we thought? Probably somewhere in between. But I mean, it seems like so far our run defense has answered every challenge. Right? We've faced teams. I, we haven't faced it. And honestly, like you look at the schedule, we're not going to face a team that's primary focus is run first, second, and third until the last game of the regular season, probably. But, um, I mean, they held their own against Oregon. And Oregon damn well tried to run as much as they could on us. So, um, what I noticed this game from our defense was their ability to tackle in the open field. Right. Sandry had a big game. Um, Nash had a good had a big game. Like Calhoun had a big game. Like I, after they caught the ball, they just didn't go anywhere. No, and the defense got fooled a lot less. Um, the double pass where Robertson cleaned up the mess, damn near had a pick. Yep. But um, now Calhoun or Nash, one of them got fooled a little bit on that one. But yeah, Robertson's one cover, recovery speed. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's possible they're still getting better. I mean, Calhoun's been a College quarterback now for less than two years. Yep. Cornerback. Corner. Yeah. Cornerback. Yes. You know, it's interesting. Um, some of the regular names, I mean, Dante had a hell of an interception, a great game, <sighs> but Jace Lewis. Yeah. Jace tackles, Lewis right? had yeah. a game. Jace Lewis is a junior. We get, we get another year of Jace Lewis, too. This guy's not going anywhere. <laughs> so his Twitter bio still says Josh Buss is backup. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like this chain of linebackers where their Twitter bio is Twitter bio says something like, you know, like hosted Josh Bush bus on his official visit. Like this whole, like <laughs> it reminds me, I have a buddy who did not have the physical prowess to play college football, but just because of his age, um, and maybe hitting puberty far too young, <laughs> played linebacker at Great Falls High ahead of Tyler Corwin, who was like two or three years younger, and he still refers to Tyler as his backup. backup. <laughs> <laughs> I would too. Uh, no, I would too. <laughs> oh, man. I, lots to like about the defensive performance. I mean, I, you know, we got another big test this week, which we'll talk about. Yep. Um, but a couple other points to just kind of highlight. I mean, we, we mentioned that the team rushed for 260 yards, but Knight and Osmo are such an awesome combination. Yep, yep. You know, it's almost like thunder and lightning back from Tiki Barber, Tiki Barber and Ron Dane with the Giants, <laughs> except they're both good. Oh, My, hey now, don't hate on Wisconsin like that. How do you know I wasn't hating on Tiki Barber? Because you're hating on Ron Dane. <laughs> which, speaking of which, sidebar, I watched some of the Wisconsin game. Do you know how many rushing yards Ron Dane had in – in college, it's like seven thousand yards. No, that's crazy. So they put a stat up of Jonathan Taylor, who is the like probably in co- like Wisconsin's most complete running back. My family's from Wisconsin, so I follow the Badgers uh, a bit. And Taylor is like 
it, it seems like he is going to become a, a great NFL player. They've added and they put up his stats, and it's like he's going to pass. Um, God, this is going to now now gap out the guy from a few years before. He's going to pass this guy with like four thousand yards. Oh, but the number one Wisconsin rusher is Ron Dane with like seven thousand one hundred yards. He <laughs> and they show clips of him, and he looks like a friggin'. I mean, he was what, like two sixty? Looks like, and he was where he had the big shoulder, big pads shoulder and pads, and the neck and roll. And nobody wanted to tackle. Oh him. my god! Yep. So anyway, sorry. Side note there, but Ron Dane, we could move into Osmo as a true freshman. Bobby putting the ball in the hands of a true freshman like Osmo, as much as he is, um, man, we've got a sophomore and a true freshman around the ball. Like, we have our running battery for three years. Not to mention my boy Drew Turner had a 48-yard run. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Turner looked really good, too. Drew Turner looked like he could be the third, the big back, if they uh, ever uh, need it. You, like, it's it's like fourth and one. Yeah. Put Drew in. Put Drew Turner Smash in. someone in the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I just looked this up. Uh, Dane. Ron Dane. Yeah. How many career carries did he have in college oh i don't know that over four years over f- oh my so god so probably he had you're right 1200 7125 rushing yards <laughs> this is absurd this would be criminal to do to he him. won a heisman i mean yeah he was kind of a well, bust i mean oh. he had 1220 carries. Whoa, i was at 1200 that's crazy but also it's like 300 if, touches a year but that, look at that average though i mean that's the you know, he, he averaged like six yards a 5. carry 5.8 yards a carry 71 <laughs> touchdowns not to mention 31 receptions total <laughs> so i mean i i just think a college coach would be criticized heavily in the media for using a running back like that <laughs> grinding him to the ground. Was the Wisconsin coach Barry... Who's the Wisconsin coach at the time? It's Barry Alvarez. Barry Alvarez, yeah. Ba- who, oh who's their AD now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's nuts. Who's second about... Do you look, are you just looking at Ron Dane? I'm yeah. just looking at Ron Dane. Um, Anyways. So, O-line looked good. O-line looked good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I think... Some, like We can point out a funny moment from QB Club, and it's nothing, right? We're not giving away secrets. We're not giving away... And, QB Club uh, is awesome. GoGrizz.com slash QB Club. It's worth it. Good times. You can watch it online. If you're in town... You, I, I mean, you think about this. Like, the investment to QB Club, right? Yep. It's $1,000. So, we get at least 12 dinners. Yep. You get jackets... Yeah, dinners if you show up on time, Mike. Yeah, um, <laughs> hey, I was early. Ma, Don't run out of food. Meatloaf. <laughs> Ma, the meatloaf. Um, you get the jackets, you get the meetings, and then you know the signing day event that they do as well too. I, I mean, I think the event now, just being a member of it, pays for itself in terms of experience, and they've almost. They've added what about seventy five percent to their member. They've added yeah. about a hundred people to their members already, and they've almost doubled the amount of funds they've raised. Yeah, it's um, impressive. So anyway, so grizz dot com slash QB clip. So Bobby showed us from the game film. We talked about Mo Mallory last year, last week, and how he just was laying on dudes left and right. So Osmo has a run where he's totally stopped up. It's like a one yard gain. But he cuts across and then runs it up and gets almost into the end zone, stopped. And it was like our running touchdown that just ended the game, days over. So Bobby shows us the, 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 you know, the, the film from the game, and Mallory gets tripped. 
he he hits his heel on Sermon's foot and falls falls over. And so it's like this play is like effed from the beginning. The Davis D line was so pissed off at how Mallory was just like laying on top of him, presumably the whole time. Instead of going to make the tackle, the defensive <laughs> lineman goes and flops on top of Mallory, <laughs> which leaves this lane open for Osmo, and he cuts across where the guy was supposed no to be, way. and he gets up and he gets up to like the one, and then we dive in in a few plays, and so it's just a funny thing. It's like even when Mallory's screwing up at the end of the game, well, I screw it up. You trip and fall like shit happens when you play O line, right? Um, especially that tangle up in someone else's feet, but. Like, they were so mad at him, they, like, forgot their assignment. <laughs> I'm going to lay on this guy. And he just leaves this huge gap. And Osmo cuts over and gets up early. Imagine being on the, the replay, other end of that Yeah, film watching study. film yesterday. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, O-line looked good. They're still rotating a bunch of guys. It's fascinating. Oh, man. Um, but receivers. Jerry Lou McGee had a hell of a game. We talked about him. Dropped a couple of RPO plays. Early. Yeah. And Sneed kind of got on him. Trying to, trying to, not trying to like. Nope. Torrey had an awesome touchdown and had an er, awesome early game. Then he had a couple drops. Yeah. Kem had a good game as well. You know, solid. You look at the stat line and we kind of take them for granted. You know, if they don't go over 100 yards, it's just kind of they're there. But (laughs) that receiving core is pretty good. (laughs) And again, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys, multiple catches. So again, you know, you don't have two guys that share 12 catches no. and then everyone else has one. And, you know, if you try to scheme for, you know, all these receivers and you drop back into coverage and don't account for the quarterback, you know, Dalton's going to have 81 rushing yards. And big congrats, Cy Sermon, one catch, no yards. <laughs> they got to they gotta get him more yards. You know what? He's an underutilized part of the if, offense. If we could criticize one part of this game, they did not use Cy enough, right? Yeah. Like. This guy is a threat. He's a zone beater. Safety's like, I mean, he's a mismatch. They have an annexation of Puerto Rico drawn up for <laughs> Wouldn't it be great, like, if Bobby, like, late in the season, like, draws up some play where it's like an O-lineman touchdown catch or something? I'd love oh, it. Oh, my God. Next week in quarterback club, you guys have to ask him, <laughs> like, what's the one play you've always wanted to call in your – in your career as a coach, but you just haven't had the opportunity yet? Ooh, that'd be a good question. That is a good that'd question. A damn good question. But we yeah. couldn't share it on the pod. That's fine. That's fine. QB Club. You just share it with Shroud me. Yeah, we'll share it with Luke, and he can taunt over the rest of you. Because <laughs> <laughs> QB Club, you know, you keep those secrets. <laughs> I mean, out of this game, so things of concern, I, it's, it's hard to say a lot. I mean, again, kickoff unit, what Flowers had two returns, but a couple more fair catches, and they just, it seems like, get, like, show something. Like, get Salser, get somebody up there to field that ball at the 30. Yeah, make them kick it in the end zone, because, other like, the, the short kicks <sighs> with the tight funny. ends fair catching it, I mean, we've, we've got too much talent to, to, to do that, in my opinion. Nice, clean, fair catch by Eli Alford. My boy, your boy. cousin. <laughs> I don't. I haven't done the twenty-three and me. I don't think we're related. Um, I don't know why you have to ruin these things. It's Luke's cousin, Eli Alfred. <laughs> uh, Adam Wilson, three puns, all inside the twenty. And S- stats, stats, national special teams player special of the week. Player of the week. 
Oh. Let me ask you a question. Who was the Big Sky Conference special teams player of the week? Adam Wilson. Not False. Adam Wilson. False. What the hell is I, going oh, on? Oh, God. Who knows? The Big Sky Conference just drives me nuts. Is this your rant when you win Big Sky Big Takes? Uh, you know, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Big Sky Conference voting is bullshit because they don't watch the games and they just pick some guy. Who won it? I don't even know who won it. Oh, man. Do you yeah. think it's like some intern that they have that just... <laughs> Like, yeah, Harold, pick the pick the awards. I think that there's a certain amount of they feel like they've got to spread the love around and make sure that it's not just from the top five teams in the league, when in reality it should just be from the top five teams in the league. Because <laughs> yeah. if you have an awesome performance and a loss, like, eh. What does that mean? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't but remember. Wilson, I mean, hell of a game. So they had one, we have one Punt return against us for eight yards all season. Is that accurate? I think so. I, I read yeah. that somewhere. That might be a Missoulian thing. Frank Agola could ch- probably check it for us. Um, that's crazy. Like, he had three punts yesterday, all that's inside wild. the 20, all inside the 10, right? Two of the three were for sure. And right. Banged one for 51 yards. Yeah. Special teams player of the week, Doug Lloyd. Oh. Weber State. That sounds like a made-up name. <laughs> that's like a generic name yeah, uh, when, you're, like, when you're 10 seasons deep into Madden. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Lloyd. Doug Lloyd is the back. backup quarterback for Texas the Tampa Buccaneers. <laughs> Give me a minute. I'll tell you what Doug Lloyd did this weekend. Watch. Like, he probably had a great game. But how, how big – I mean, it, it gets lost and everything else, but the punting game, both our return game and our actual punting game – are such weapons because the difference in our starting position and UC Davis's starting position in that first quarter was incredible. You know, they're afraid to kick to our guys, so we're getting good field position. We have no problem kicking to them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So Doug Lloyd is Weber's punter. All right. Doug Lloyd had seven punts because Weber's offense is dog shit. Mm-hmm. Average of 46.7 yards and five inside the 20. Adam Wilson had three, three for three. I, yeah. Oh, so Doug was five for seven. So yeah. he wasn't he wasn't batting a hundred. I mean, let's there just you go. let's just say that they Perfection. gave credit to the guy that turned the tables. <laughs> They're probably like, you know what, Doug, you punt the ball so much, you, so many times. <laughs> it's not fair because if if Adam Wilson was on a shitty offensive team, he'd have more opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. It's hard to argue against that pick. <laughs> Doug Lloyd's sitting in pro, uh, in uh, Ogden somewhere, like drinking a caffeine-free soda, being like, this is bull crap. The Weber fan, cast, fan podcast is pretty upset about it. Okay, <laughs> so before we move on, this gives us four FCS wins. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, halfway there. We're halfway there, right? Halfway. Well, I mean, halfway to what we think is probably the, art, the line that needs to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yep. It just became a lot easier for us. One would think. I mean, well, knock on wood, there's still a lot of season left. But, I mean, we are as good as we could hope to be after five games of the season, record-wise. We, we have stolen two games, right, against our predi- against the predictions, South Dakota and Davis. And Davis. Um, we stole them. So we are plus two on what we are projected to be right now. And stuff can happen, you know. Um, 
I was trolling a little yeah. bit from the Grizz fan <laughs> podcast. No account. shit, <laughs> you, were just, you were just finding anyone hating on us in August, weren't you? I, I uh, uh, found some cat fan tweets from August talking about how the Grizz might go zero and five to start the season. <laughs> I'm just saying, shitty take. But we got to get Sam Herder from Hero Sports on yeah. because I hadn't seen that tweet in yeah, August. That was a good but tweet. he was like the only one saying what I've been saying and we were saying here, which is. This idea that there was this big gap between the Cats and the Grizz based on last year's fluky slash non-fluky, whatever you want to call it, finish was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, we started out in completely different pole positions. Yep. And what separated us was one goal line play. One goal line play. If the Grizz had, had scored, they make the playoffs last year, they beat the shitty team, they go to the second round of the playoffs and lose at North Dakota State. Cats are at home. Who starts the season ranked higher? Chris. Chris. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, the Cats performed. They made that play. They won the game. But this idea that there was, I mean. There was a C that yeah. separated us. Uh, the, the, bogus. The proximity of the rankings now for the two teams is a lot more accurate, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. We'll see. Yeah. Do you think Grizz and Cats are on a crash course for a top five matchup for the Brawl? Man, that'd be pretty cool. The Cats' road is way easier than ours. I mean, the Cats' toughest game from here on out is they go to UC Davis the week before Cat Grizz. True. That is it. I mean, they play Pauly. I guess they play Sac State at home, so that might be considered a tough game. Um, they have three straight games that are there's not a chance they're going to lose there in the middle. Um, Southern Utah. Ooh, yeah. I mean... Northern Colorado. Northern Colorado. Yeah. I'm looking at it here. So, yeah, they go Cal Poly. Host SAC. Host SAC. Go to North Dakota. North Dakota. And then, yeah, then they play Southern Utah, Northern Colorado before they face Davis. That Davis one will be interesting because Davis could be fighting for their life at that point, or they could be totally out of it. If they're totally out of it. It's cats, done. cats will, cats will win it. If, like if Davis, a chance. If Davis can't handle a physical Montana team, Cats team will come in and give them the same thing. They'll yep. lose that game too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a good transition into the rest of the Big Sky. Let's do it. All right. Interesting week. Can we talk about how right I was? Should we just start there? Uh, you're right. <laughs> I'm wrong. I mean, I wish you guys could. You're good looking. Seen We're their faces. Last week, when I picked Northern Colorado to beat Idaho, Mike, is this is this how you are in your marriage too? Do you do you come back to Stacy and you're like, do you remember last week? Uh, no, but I'm we not were trying talking. to sleep with either one of you guys. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, I know my audience. <laughs> I don't know if at the end of the Grizz game, if Mike was more happy that the Grizz won or more happy that he predicted Northern Colorado. <laughs> Was gonna ring the bell. I was, I was, I was. I think I was in the kitchen because Luke, by the way, made some awesome New oh, York steak. Oh man, it was delicious. Um, showed a side of him I didn't know existed. We'll, we'll tap it again. Barbecue champ. Yep, it was good. Um, damn, so I was in the kitchen good. and and I went back out to the living room and Brent said, I don't know if you were out here, but Northern Colorado officially beat Idaho. <laughs> I, don't, I still think that's a shitty pick. <laughs> <laughs> look at their season, though. Is that one of those nine times out of ten Idaho wins? No, look little... at Idaho. They only get up for teams that they think are good. <laughs> oh my god! I I, I picked that big sky like the 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 uh, 
pod, the Big Sky Podcast Network. I took Idaho to cover. Like I was, I bought into Idaho. See, I don't one do the week. gambling. Yeah, smart. I, they beat Eastern Washington. Not because I'm against it, because I'd suck at it. I suck at it too. I picked Idaho, but they beat Eastern Washington. But it's kind of like they played Wyoming tough. They play teams yeah, that gonna, they think we're going to show Wyoming. Yeah. we can still hang. We are good enough to play with you, Eastern. The the semifinalists last year. They're coming to our house. We're going to give it to them. Oh, Northern Colorado. Who who the fuck cares? Yep. Man, how does how does Paul Petrino still have a job? And he's getting paid twice as much. He's, he's twice as Coach much. Yeah, it's crazy. Mason Petrino, 19 for 33, 227 yards, three interceptions, two touchdowns. What it must be like to be in that locker room. Yeah. I just Average don't... seven yards per pass. Is <laughs> that just... good, Brent? It's bad. <laughs> I just don't think Idaho can it's afford bad. to buy Petrino out. That's the thing. They're like, we can't do that and then pay someone else to come in here. No, you're probably exactly right. I mean, like, ugh. All right, so Mike wins. Uh, Northern Colorado beat Idaho 27-24. Uh, then what do we have? We have Eastern Washington. They hosted the University of North Dakota and won 35-20. Quickly, Paul Petrino is in our contract till 2022. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, that's three more. Holy crap. A base salary. This is, now I'm pulling, this is an Idaho Statesman article. This can't be right. No. This can't be right. No, they gave him a raise. $446,214.40. Well, this is his base salary. Yeah, when they were moving down to the FCS, they gave him a raise. I think they were worried that he was going to leave. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Way to go, Idaho. All right. Eastern. So Eastern gets Kind of outpaced North Dakota. Yep. I still have questions about Eastern, but we'll see. And then Weber went and uh, they hosted Northern Iowa and won 29 to 17. So that's another another Big Sky Conference uh, victory over a top 10 ranked team. That being said, who... Who and what does Northern Iowa have on voters that they are so consistently a top 10 team early in the season? Northern Iowa is the Texas of FCS. Yeah. See, I was going to say that they're the Bobcats of the pre-conference season (laughs) because the Bobcats are the preseason MVPs. Northern Iowa pre-conference. Do you think they just get a lot of credit for being North Dakota State's valedictorian? (laughs) Maybe, but they haven't even been that for a few years. Yeah. Like, they remember back before the the Dakotas ended up in the Missouri Valley, and the Missouri Valley really was not a great conference. It was always like Northern Iowa and Youngstown State. Youngstown State and and kind of everybody else down there. And um, Northern Iowa would always kind of make the playoffs, but never really do anything. Right. I I don't know. That's crazy. I see nobody continuously gets more credit for less accomplishment than Northern Iowa. They were, what, fifth in the nation? And so they had beat – they lost a close one to Iowa State in week one, which mm-hmm. you get those weird-ass week yep. one games, right? So their resume right now are wins against the mighty Southern Utah Thunderbirds and the Idaho State Bengals. And Barely. I, and Idaho State, they beat by seven. Yeah, which we'll talk about Idaho State. And Weber – who had negative one yards in, in the whole half. half of football, 
beat them. But Weber, yeah. Weber is the definition of ugly wins. But Weber, but I mean, they done. got a, they got a fumble and an interception in that game, and they had a big pass play, so they got a big chunk play. But I mean, yeah. Weber is one the first play of the game, yeah, right? Yeah, that if yeah. if you can score a couple touchdowns against them, they're they going to unravel. Yeah. I mean, it's just they're just done. So here's so in the power rankings, you voted Weber one. Yeah, I voted Weber two. Okay, and I think. Weber beating Northern Iowa. I, Weber I, Weber's got two like sexy losses, right? But they don't have a great win, and the Grizz went on the road and beat the number four team in the nation. Yeah, I mean, I guess I gave them credit because they were they were higher and they beat a top ten team. Yeah. So I mean, I I think it's hard to move them down. So that was just my thought process That's there. Fair. That's fair. But I mean, I, I will tell you right now that if Weber was coming to Montana this weekend, I would be picking Montana. I would too. So and I will when they come here in November. It's my intent. <laughs> you know, take it week by week. Unless if our starting quarterback is like Chris Brown. You know, we or were talking about not how Brown. That's not Chris. I'm no, thinking it's of the Chris, R&B singer. Right? Really? Is it R&B Chris singer? Brown? Is Chris Brown? Yeah. Bobby. We were talking about how Bobby <laughs> loves <laughs> stealing a a homegrown homegrown guy from another town, and and um, Jacob McGlowan or whatever comes from Cheney. I think he's pretty damn high on Chris Brown. I was going to say I shouldn't hate on the kid because we actually we actually heard comment. Yes, it is Chris. We Brown. We thought he looked Chris good Brown in fall camp. He looked good. I like what I see out of that guy. What I will say is he looked good enough to me as a true freshman in fall camp that I don't understand why the Cats didn't sign him. But that should have been the tell for every other team in the league. Like, oh. Choate doesn't think the good QB from the state champion in his own backyard is worth playing. Someone go sign him. Choate can't, Cho can't recruit, recruit QBs. Should we talk about the Cats next? Let's do it. So uh, we all thought NAU had him. I mean, in credit to the Cats. like they Not only did they come back and win, but they came back and, and won by double digits. Yeah. The way they came back 18. makes me just kind of know instinctually they're for real. Like. I will, I will agree with that. Absolutely, yeah. A cat fan I was talking to, we talked about this before, but he said they started coming back when they started stopped throwing the ball and started, started so, running it. So, I mean, you know, credit and criticism to Choate here, but credit is, I mean, they clearly know who they are and they know what works. And, you know, they ran the ball, like, what, 3-1 to one that game? Yeah, they had um, – yeah, fifty-eight carries to twenty-six passes and, and attempts. Twenty-two carries in a row. Yep. And Rovig started at QB. Meh. Um, that Travis Johnson, who was recruited <laughs> one for to be QB, two for negative three yards. One for yeah. two negative three yards, but also ran a lot of RPO and had like ten carries for one hundred and two yards or something like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, Troy Anderson had a few carries as well. I mean, it, it just seems like they're just. We talked about it before the season. Like, how is this QB situation going to work out? But it kind of seems like. Choach just saying, we are who we are, and we're going well, to do it. I and, am who I am. Yep. A true and credit, Popeye. And credit them. They don't, they don't have to play Weber. Nope. They, they, don't, they don't have to, I, I mean, play some of these tougher defenses on the road. So they'll be able to, they'll be able to ride this train till damn near the end of the season, and it's going to work for them. But, yeah, 21-0, like immediately 21-0. NAU, and then NAU just falls apart. It'll be interesting to see if any of these mid-tier to low-tier teams can just try some shit against MSU, like knowing they're going to lose, and say, all right, we're going to put eight in the box, and uh, I dare you to throw the ball. 
And like, can can will someone give us the roadmap to stopping the running game? <laughs> just because they'll be desperate to try something. I don't know. I mean, and- I guess I've just always been a believer that at some point you have to be able to be a balanced team. Yeah. Because like, when is the last time a stout defense that didn't also have a good offense win anything? Yeah, I mean. You know, maybe the, the Tampa yeah. Bay Buccaneers with oh. Brad Johnson at QB. I mean, like, seriously. Or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Trent Dilfer. No. <laughs> or the Tampa Bay Bu- – no. Um, yeah. Or the, the Baltimore Ravens Baltimore with Ravens Tony with, Banks and yeah. Trent Dilfer. Yeah, yeah. yeah Trent Dilfer. this team, this Bobcat team definitely has a ceiling, and it's getting spanked in the second round of the playoffs. But <laughs> if – I mean, yeah. It's, if Joe gets spanked in the second round of the playoffs – I mean, good on him. Like that's that's a successful season. But I I think the like the one thing you really got to give him credit for like it's twenty one zero and that was before the Grizz game even kicked and I think the skyline guys and a lot of just big sky observers were tweeting saying cats aren't built to come back like they're this is not their team you can't just air it out and come back and they didn't need to and so they've. In some regards, in some senses, they have turned a little bit of a corner. Makes them a little bit more of a dangerous team. Is their ceiling much higher? We'll have to see. But if they're just if they're just going to say fuck it, we're not going to throw the ball anymore. You know, you're turning into Cal Poly with a better defense. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to watch. But credit to them. Now, NEU. I mean, I think that there was a little bit of positive oh, optimism yeah. about NEU. But I think that what we learned about NEU is it was a it was a flawed team under Sowers, and it's going to take a little while for them to put it together. Yeah, NAU's got to go to Weber still. They've got to go to Eastern, and then we'll just have to see what Sac State turns into. NAU could string some stuff together. That I mean, they play Northern Colorado. Case Cook is. I mean, you got a quarterback like Case Cook yeah. is. And... But NAU could very well be one of those teams with, like, seven wins that's the one that's on the wrong side of the bubble. I mean, they've got Northern Colorado, Portland State, Sac, Southern Utah, Idaho. Like, they should win those games. Mm-hmm. But that's – so they're at two, so that's three, four, five, yeah. six, seven. If you're so. NAU, you're not upset that you lost that game. You chalked it up as a loss. You know, the thing, though, like, if you're NAU and you're thinking playoffs, like, you just put you put yourself on the wrong side of the bubble, and now you have to steal one against Weber or Eastern and not screw up on any of your others. So that's tough. You have no games, right, that's like – a resume game because right now they're, before right the now game, they're a though, bubble. Yeah, they were thinking they were going to lose that game. I don't on know. paper. On paper, maybe, maybe, yeah, um, yeah, because Cats were a decent favorite, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, but that's the thing. It's like that. That was your that was your resume builder. Now you have to beat Weber in Ogden to do that. Which stranger things have happened, I guess. And, I mean, in case Cook is the type of QB that could do it, yeah, because true. if any use defense can be even. Halfway decent, Weber's got no offense. Yeah, so that's true. I, mean, I would say that's a trap game for Weber. That's true. I hope not Weber. because I want Weber to be undefeated when they, you know, lose to us. Lose yeah. to us. <laughs> Look at how fucking cocky we become. This is great. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Rain it in, assholes. We are, 2000, <laughs> we are 2009 Grizz fans once We're, again. We are going to address this again in a minute. <laughs> uh, okay, then uh, we have Cal Poly going to Utah. To beat Southern Utah. Yes. Great. Wonderful. And these are some shitty teams. Yeah. Did we all pick Cal Poly in that game? I hope so. Yes. We all picked Cal Poly. Let's see. Oh, let's update this. Mike, you picked NAU to win. 
That's, I'm trying it. to be hopeful. Womp, MSU. Womp. I was yeah. about to say, I was like, you know, Cal Poly's two and two. Like, let's look forward on them. Well, Luke, while you're doing the math there, but Poly goes host Cats, goes to Davis, host North Dakota, goes to SAC, goes to Idaho, host Eastern. Poly's, yeah. Poly's not going to have a good time. Yeah, no. You always get those teams. It's like maybe these two and two teams coming out of conference. I don't know about Polly. All right, moving on. We had Idaho State beating Portland State 51 34. 24. Yeah, Portland State yet to have a Division one one win, yep. correct? I will just say that uh, Montana Parlay a couple weeks ago said Portland State was actually good this year. And I'm still wondering what the hell that statement was based on. But then Parlay was going all in on other Big Sky betting accounts picking Portland. Because I think he picked the other way. And in my picks, I randomly guessed that's a spread to stay away from. And it was Portland one and a half favored. And uh, so, I don't know. I think Parlay has lost a lot of Bitcoin this year. (laughs) possible what else we got is that it well and then the grizz oh yeah those guys we beat up on uc davis and we all picked that so that left um brent at seven and one this week and mike and i both at six and two which other one did i get wrong cats and you picked davis oh i most certainly did not pick (laughs) i'm sorry i fucked that up uh mike was seven and one brent and i were six and two thank you what so you picked... Did I pick Portland State? You picked uh, I and Idaho. I picked I. I picked Portland State and Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mike just picked NAU wrong. Oof. All right. So close to greatness. So close. Yet so far away. All right. Well, I think that's it for the conference recap. Yep. So did either of you go to the Log Jam, Log Jam show on Friday night? Yep. How was it? It was great. My parents didn't come over to go to the um, the concert because of the cataclysmic storm, mm-hmm. and so I was able to get their Robert Plant tickets. It was cold. I heard that it was cold, but awesome. Like it was everybody so I've talked to said it was an awesome show. It was so worth it. And I huddled in, had a little blanket, you know, and uh, yeah, people somehow got whiskey in. I don't know what? how. No way. What? Weird. Passing some whiskey around. Not in Montana. But it was great. Log Jam, once again, delivered, even in the worst conditions I've ever been in for a concert. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's so cool. How it's, and it's kind of like they do this grand finale each summer, it seems like, where they just pile on a series of great shows in the last couple weeks of, of summer slash early fall. Um, definitely impressive. And I think I'm going to go to camp November 2nd. So, uh, that's another show on my calendar. November 2nd, outdoor? Indoor. Or is it? Oh, it's Wilma. Yep. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we've got, at the top hat this week, they've got Dirt Wire um, and Dirty Revival. Never heard of Dirty Revival. Um, and Crypto Collider. There's three shows I haven't heard of at the top hat this week. That's how you know they're good. I was going to say, that means nothing, <laughs> music fans, because as we talked about last week, if Log Jam got Taylor Swift to come, I'd be all about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, good stuff from them. And uh, 
we'd like Log Jam to keep sponsoring us. So, hey, guys, you tell us what to say and we'll say it. Just not Bear Tycoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in the um, real estate game? Oh, man. Well, the uh, fall market is here. But What does uh, that mean? Well, it, it, the Missoula, so Western Montana's market's fascinating. And we, when the snow starts to fall, not in weird freak September storms, but uh, things start to slow down. But a lot of times what you get in the mid portion of fall is a lot of people realizing that, um, holy crap, I need to do something. And so it is time to light the candle and go. So what we're seeing a lot of is things are still moving quite quickly. Um, We're seeing contracts over ask and uh people coming in from out of state people moving across town and so it was a little bit of a we tend to see this like late summer has a little bit of a slowdown where uh finishing out vacations and stuff and then it's like it's time to get real so so is it like in between summer ending and then people just not wanting to move because it's winter out a little bit yeah a little bit you like the holiday stretch can tend to slow down Mm -hmm. but you still get a lot of people that move and buy out of necessity or or just are ready to go so um missoula's market just remains it it just keeps chugging along um we're tight on supply uh it's it's good to be a seller it's it's challenging to be a buyer but that's our market right now and it's been our market for years and that's a national trend too so it's not unique to missoula but yeah, um, city Missoula market wide, all property types. We've got about three point three months of supply, which Brent can tell you he's, he's more of a numbers guy than I'm on this. That that is just into what would be considered normal, normal. But that's on like the the bad end of normal, if that makes sense. And that basically, essentially, what month supply means is if no more houses were listed, how many months would it take to sell off what's currently on the market? And so. Anything below three would be considered an extreme seller's market. Um, six and above would be considered a seller's market. Kind of six to nine would be neutral. Nine to n- nine and over. Nine and over would kind of start leaning towards buyer's market. I might have said seller, meant seller's market earlier. So if you're a buyer, it's cool to be high on the housing supply. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. There you go. Good to be high. On market supply. And that is, I think that's enough of uh, the real estate wrap Brought to you by week. Mike Nugent. Good to be high on market supply. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bryn Wahlberg. <laughs> well, we had a number of listener questions this yeah, week. Yeah, this Holy was actually shit. a popular segment. Feels like our engagement's going up. Yeah, we, we got some good ones. must be doing something right. You know, We're getting um, people in Georgia that yeah. are tweeting to us. Yeah, I mean, um, what? So... I wrote a bunch of them down, and we'll just kind of go. And then if you guys had some other ones, we can add them. How's that? Okay. Um, this one, you know, I'm not going to have a good answer for it because I'm not creative. What's the best slogan or design for a unofficial Cacris t-shirt that you've you've seen? Oh. Uh, I, none I want to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which is saying something. Yeah. You know, I think we need a new one because the one where uh, that involves either – Rape or uh, peeing yeah, no, on the other bad. thing is we got to get back. We, we got to get by. We got to get away from that. Yeah, <laughs> some bad marketing. So here's Twitter contest for you all. Let's come up with some good cat grizz slogans and maybe we'll put one on a t-shirt. Okay, uh, maybe not unofficial. The one I like the best when 2011 when cats were number one in the nation, grizz go there and beat them, and I mean beat the hell out. Oh, of that was awesome. After the game, the coaches commissioned a shirt for the Grizz and it was a long sleeve shirt 
and it had 36 to 10 written on the right forearm. So whenever you wore the shirt and you reached out to shake someone's hand, <laughs> 36 to 10. <laughs> Boom. I love that shirt. It was such a cool shirt. Okay. So there you go. All right. That's way more appropriate than some of the other ones I can think of. Okay. Um, <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? <laughs> All right. Uh, How many pages at, do you at have? At Luke Rounds on Twitter wants to know, Trout Slayer or Dancing Trout, which is the better wheat beer from Missoula? I am a big Dancing Trout fan. I am too. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd go that route too. The, uh, you know, I once drank some wine with a sommelier, like an official sommelier. I don't know what level he was, but he seemed to know his wine. And he told me that fermented... Uh, what he, fermented liquids or whatever he used some highbrow word like that <laughs> uh they aren't either good or bad they they have their own characteristics that one can appreciate or not and hmm. if you appreciate the characteristics of a lesser like fermented liquid uh at that at price point buy it buy it because you can buy a really expensive you know piece of trash <laughs> Good to know. That's fair. Yeah. I'll Sorry. Take, I was going to get out of my own ass now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, how do the Grizz avoid a letdown after a game like this? Well, it's homecoming. Yeah. That's going to help. It's, um, it's bye week the week after. Yep. So in my mind, the Go players there. are going to know, you're not getting time off if you guys fuck this up. <laughs> I think Grizz Nation is pretty jacked right now. Oh. Yeah. Bobby Howe got a standing ovation at QB Club today. I've never seen a coach. I've never seen a coach get a standing ovation (laughs) at a booster meeting. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Excitement is is up to a lot. I I think Wagriz is going to be banging this weekend. Yeah. And I think this staff is the right staff to help these guys make sure that the next game is the most important game of the week. And so. Outside of that, I mean, it's tough because these players are kids, right? But on the other side, you have you have guys like like Dante and Jesse and Dalton and a lot of juniors and seniors that are going to remind them they've been through years and years of big wins and letdowns. Yep. And so they're going to be able to help and support this team. And I will say, I think this team's a little bit different because I think last year collectively was the letdown. It's yeah. like they know, they know what it's like to lose games they should have won. Yes. Yep. So you feel like it's like they've turned a corner and they don't, they don't want to go back. Yep. And there, there's been a lot of talk about the familiarity between the two coaching staffs this week. Yeah. Um, Rob Fennessy. Mike Farrater. As well, too. I mean, even their strength and conditioning coach, who Mike and I were an RA to. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, stories? Nah. Didn't know who he was. Okay, that's he's good. a great guy. He's a great that's guy. That's a good guy if you don't know who he was. I really like that. I really like Dan. Luke knew who everybody was. Because I was a great RA. He, Mike. he was. Luke, you were the cool RA. Um, Mike, but Mike was the cop. That familiarity, <laughs> I think, actually plays into a narrative that Bobby can paint in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Is saying, yeah. We ain't gonna lose to these mother effers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like these guys used to play here or coach here. They want nothing more than coming and beat you guys and show you you're not as good as they were. And we know oh, that yeah. excellent 
competitors find the dumbest shit to get worked up about, uh, valid or invalid, right? They're going to pick their things to get ruffled. And this is going to be inner motivation, not dumb shit, but yeah. I mean, like (laughs) Michael Jordan's still complaining. He didn't start as a freshman. Like he's calling people out in his hall of fame speech. Like, you know, you find things to motivate you. And I think some might call that petty. (laughs) And I think Bobby is cut from that same cloth. He will find anything possible to jack this this team up, and I think that's part of it, actually. I, I, I think it works to our advantage oh, yeah. that he knows these guys. Um, Absolutely. Coulter uh, Nuana's mentioned on his radio show today that Bobby wouldn't say any of the former Grizz's names in the press conference. It was like the head coach is a former, former colleague. Uh, they've got some former guys on their staff now. You know, wouldn't say their name. <laughs> They're dead to me. <laughs> I just love how for Idaho State to be in the conversation, they need to have a bunch of old Montana guys. I love guys. it. <laughs> I love it. There's people all around. All right. Um, oh, this is a good one. This comes in anonymously from the text message thread. Oh, boy. Uh, if two players were shopping cart jousting. Oh, my God. Who would they be, both who's in the shopping cart and who's pushing it, and who would win? I've got my guys. You want me to go first? If you got your guys. I think that, first of all, as far as pushing goes, you pick just your strongest offensive lineman. I think you want just guys that aren't – or defensive linemen, you guys that aren't going to get pushed around. But in the carts, Jesse Sims and Dalton Sneed. <laughs> and, yes, Luke, I want Jesse Sims in the cart. Have you seen how he can pull guys over with one hand? <laughs> I mean, yeah. he Like I say, he's a Viking – he is a grizzly bear. But you want Jesse Sims pushing that yeah, guy. I dude. want Jesse Sims pulling the guy over. See, I think I think you want Jesse pushing. You are underutilizing his talents, Luke. Are you kidding me? <laughs> he could push that giant camper you have out, out back, Mike. So I think you want Jesse Sims pushing. And then I think you want like a crazy special teams guy. <laughs> In the cart, you want you want Mo Mallory pushing because he's going to want to try to like he's, run the other you, cart over. Do yes. you four miles an hour? <laughs> but three hundred and fifty pounds at four miles an hour, and then you want the guy you want to tackle. You want the biggest wingspan, but you need mass times velocity, and his velocity will <laughs> not get high enough. <laughs> all right, second Twitter task for you all: Who do you want in your cart? Oh who's God. pushing it, and who's winning? I want to go through the roster. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so could you? Uh, yeah, that one. See, like, I want I want Ryder Rice in the cart. Oh, all right, all right. But he's like, long. He's six six. Right? So scrappy, like a Sammy Akin though, like long arms, right? He's just not as he's just not as bulky. He's That'd built for speed. Ryder Rice is six six. He's got the wings. You put Sammy Akin in your cart, and Jesse Sims is going to own him in mine. That's true. <laughs> just do what you want. And oh Mo Mallory God. is going to come in pushing Sizer and just mow you all over. <laughs> It'll be slow. You'll see it coming. I think we have nothing a, you can do. A bye week activity. <laughs> <laughs> Was that Austin Powers and the Steamrollers coming down the hall? And the guy's like, no. And they're like, move, move. No. Like, like five times over. You go to camera three. And it's, <laughs> camera. And it's no like camera. The... 80 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
uh, at Brian Marshu. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah. Yeah. The Idaho fan writes for the Montana Mint um, asks, and this is this is directly related to his weekend. He asks, what are your worst morale sense grizz losses and best non-playoff slash championship slash brawl grizz wins? You know, in typical invested fan fashion, I could probably give you so, the losses earlier easier than the wins. So he's an Idaho fan. He's uh, pegging this from the interest of. I think they're demoralizing. Yeah, demoralizing. Loss they had this week, yeah. Um, you can go into different avenues because obviously there's a couple playoff losses that were like, like that Wofford playoff loss, oh, God, but also Wofford, UMass. Yeah. In the semifinals Semis. at home. You know, UMass, yeah, but UMass was a damn good team. They were good, but it was one of those weird games where it's yeah. like you felt like they should have won it. Um, but for me, kind of in more recent history, that Cal Poly loss after beating North Dakota State. Oh, my God. And, you know, they had two weeks to prepare, and we're on top of the world. New coach, talk of the town, you know, this guy's coming and changing it. We beat North Dakota State. We missed a friend's wedding that was like yep. probably would have been way more yep. fun. <laughs> and we go and Cal Poly just blow it. And so it's like talk about regular season games. That was definitely one of them. I mean, obviously last year, let's just pick every loss last year. Yeah. Freaking fumble at the goal line, Portland State and whatever the hell that was. UC Davis coming back. Why are we answering this question? Just <laughs> making me pissed. Scrap. We um, need a producer. Scratch this question. Let's sh- shift to but the best wins. Best wins. That's better. Mm. So was, I'm gonna say App State at home in the snow. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Uh, South Trumaine Dakota State Johnson batting that ball away from Brian Quick at the goal line. Yep. That was no, that was awesome. Ended their ended their run. Yep. Um, South Dakota State the comeback. Mark Mariani getting that punt return and then kind of sparking that comeback against South Dakota State was awesome too. Um, a couple of the big wins that we talked about Northern Iowa. Stephen F. Austin a few years before the playoffs, just crushing him. Yeah, that was fun. And there's nothing like a playoff win. Those are a different level of fun. I was in Bozeman for that Stephen F. Austin win, riding like my chair like a gambling addict. Like, yes, yes, yes. And no one in Bozeman (laughs) could care less. Yeah. I guess the question was best non-playoff championship or brawl wins. Mm. The one we went to was pretty fun just because – I'd not been in Bozeman outside of one other time. Yeah, just that was in State's first house. year. Yeah, yeah, I was 15 then, right? Yep. And just putting it to him. That was a lot of fun. I was in Bozeman. This is a brawl, so again, this doesn't count. But I was in Bozeman when they were number one. Oh, that game was – I mean, because yeah. that game, again, we just talked about it. But, like, yep. number one in the nation – we should put, put all of these on Egris just to let, like, as threads. So, do you want to give us your thoughts on Egris? What's interesting is the um, next question is wait, people wait. still use Egris? Is this 2004? Luke Alford. <laughs> <laughs> One more. Oh, non playoff. Never mind. Okay, throw it out. I, I had another win, but no, it's all good. That's all. We got a lot Next of Twitter fodder this week. Go. We need to write some of these down right. and get it out there to the while, group. While Luke talks about Egris, I'm going to pee. Oh, well, this will come up later. <laughs> uh, I feel like we broke the third wall. Usually when someone has to go to the bathroom, we just walk away. But Brent told you all. So here we are. When, when we do two-hour pods, sometimes we got to pee. All right. Um, <laughs> what's the next question? So in true Harry Carey fashion, if you were a hot dog and you were starving, 
would you eat yourself? Man, I think that's yeah. Credit to Will Ferrell and SNL playing Harry Carey in this one. I mean, here's the thing though. Do you think do you think people taste good? Uh no, Luke, I don't. Like if I mean, do you remember what was that weirdo from uh, Great Falls that uh, got put in jail? For, that really doesn't narrow it down. For eating, for like cannibalism stuff. Oh God! Do you remember that guy? I do not. He was alleged to kill that uh, young boy. Yeah, this sounds familiar. This is a real downer on this podcast. Okay, but here's the thing: like, imagine, Mike, that you are um, in that plane crash of the Chilean rugby team, okay. like the in the seventies, right? And they remember they crash in the Andes Mountains, mm-hmm. and they end up eating. One another, mm-hmm. the, and maybe eat the dead people. Uh-huh. Would you eat a dead person? I don't think I could do it. Um, Brent, you need to save this pod. No, Luke has been talking about eating people since you left. Well, the question was about if you were a hot dog would you and you were hungry, would you eat yourself? <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, gosh, no. <laughs> but I, I don't taste as good as a hot dog. However, maybe we taste better. I mean, I bet Mike's got some good marbling in his peck. <laughs> oh, God. Slow smoking? Yeah. Oh, oh maybe. man. Oh, this is the day that we lost our, our small fan Okay, days. okay. Would you rather eat the older person or the younger person? <laughs> oh, my God. Because I imagine the older person would taste worse. I have no answers to these questions. <laughs> But don't you think you'd want to be grossed out by the experience? You wouldn't want to eat it and be like, "Oh no, oh uh, that wasn't bad." Well, um, so Mike's <laughs> Brent's eating right now. <laughs> I'm, eating, I'm eating almond joys I right now. Driving, I was driving to an appointment this week with my assistant, and she said, "Do you ever listen to this radio show in town?" And I said, "No, you know, I I, I don't." And she said, "Well, I don't really like music on the station, but they do prank phone calls. They call them call taps, and." We were driving down Reserve Street, and they called this guy, and they said, were you at a party at Luke's, Luke so-and-so's house last weekend? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's my buddy. He invited me over. I said, well, I don't want to alarm you, but you may have consumed human. <laughs> oh, my God. And then... They played this out for like five minutes, and the guy actually vomited because they got oh, him so worked no. out. And then I was I was dying because they he, like they started talking about it. They're like, "Yeah, there's all kinds of cops at the house now digging up the backyard, and it, it sounds like he's been doing it for a while." And um, and the guy's like, "Oh my god, what should I do?" And the the radio host in, in, in the, still pretending to be the, the cop goes, "Well, you could start by apologizing to Larry." <laughs> the guy was like, "What? This isn't a joke." I was like, "Dude, it's, no, it's not a joke." But you ate Larry, so you're probably gonna apologize. <laughs> this is that story from Great Falls. <laughs> oh no! It was it was Bar Jonah was the guy's name. Oh, I remember that? And he was alleged to have eaten Zach Ramsey. Oh my God, Luke! <laughs> and he <laughs> and he was and Bar Jonah was alleged to have fed people to his neighbors. I thought oh, that's when, right. Yes, remember a couple of weeks. Ago when I asked you about weaponizing insects, yes. and we thought the show couldn't get any weirder. Oh, it's getting weirder. Yeah. 
It's getting weirder. Let's. <laughs> The readers took us here. The readers, yeah. The readers the took listeners us here. The listeners took us here. Um, or an hour or two. It's the weird part. We yeah. had a couple more. You had one messaged in. Yeah. You got it in front of you? Uh, no, but I can in a second here. Uh, let's see. I got it. This was actually a good one. So we had um, had a message through Egris who was asking me, uh, okay, big shout out to Mike, class of 03, master debater. Um, so, uh, Chris is pointing out that he loves the pod. So there is a noticeable difference in the smash mouth toughness of this team as compared to the stit teams. What are the reasons why? What is so different about how can his coaching practices, etc., that make such a difference? P.S. Hope to see you in Portland. We can talk about that second part in a minute. I think it's honestly simple. I, I think Hauk pays more attention to the details. By like far. we went to we went to a ton of stit practices. And actually they were fun for a fan to watch because they did seven on seven constantly. You saw a game. <laughs> yeah, I mean you gotta saw you gotta see the offense play against the defense all the time. At Hauk practice, like, you know, they're running everybody through drills, they're beating the hell out of receivers with tackling dummies. Yep. You know, they're act they they don't have like tackling dummies for the defense. They actually make them tackle each other. Yep. Um, I think it's just more attention to detail. I don't know what you guys think. Well, and, and we, we kind of talked on this, but when you go to a Hauk practice, you like it was kind of funny coming from the Stitt years. Um, <clears throat> Stitt built a practice around you play enough plays, everyone gets presented the same type of situation, you do it enough, and you're going to see enough, and everyone gets it. What Bobby does instead is, Bobby and his staff, we're going to run a drill. It's not going to be seven on seven. It's not going to be a full team. It's going to be running backs against linebackers. It's going to be receivers against DBs. Um, and you all get to go. And so there's more of a top down with Bobby's. Um, yeah. No tackling dummies. I mean, a bigger, a bigger focus on that. Um, yeah. I also think that, and it's like, I think this can be overdone. Cause I think that the, oh, like there's yeah. the whole, overdone dumb football coach mentality yes. i think it's definitely out there but bobby actually spends time talking to the players about how we're gonna basically grind the other other guys into submission yeah whereas stit his his token line at at qb club meetings was always um scheme not team yep like we are gonna line up and we're gonna do what works for us and who cares what they do right yeah, I think what both of you guys are saying is true. And there's just this other facet of backing up what Bobby says about toughness with on-the-field calls and plays. Because you can scream at players about toughness till you're blue in the face, and then you got to execute, and you've got to show the players that you mean business. And the prime example of this is I think that Final play of the Cat Grizz game for us. You know, we run up the middle. We get into the end zone, but the Cat's called a timeout, right? Mm -hmm. Now, Bobby could have called any number of plays, yep. but he said, F that, we're calling the exact same play because we are going to push them back. And it, it didn't work, right? Right, right, right. But, I mean, if you run a fly sweep and or try some different tr trickery, like, that's not backing up your claim to toughness 
he's saying, God damn it, we're tough. And we're so tough. We're going to run the same fucking play again. And we're going to win. And even if it fails, I think it's showing, it's demonstrating to the players that it's not just talk, it's doing. And so this kind of like whole uh, symphony of things is, is I think what creates a toughness in a team. It's not just any one thing. It's like Mm -hmm. it all. Yep. And I think another thing too, the, the way the coach promotes the team dynamic uh, over the years, because um, it seemed like post flu grad into the Delaney years, it was us versus them offense, defense. And it's like, treat the other guys like shit. Mm-hmm. And then Stick comes in. And he's like, "We need to be a happy family. We need to blend this all together. Nothing negative. Build everybody up." And Bobby's come in, and it's like, "You're still going to support your guys." And they clearly this do. Ha- you saw the sideline. Everything's a competition. Everything's tough. Samori Torre, you have a good first half, but you drop two balls. Mitch Roberts, get your ass in. Samori, your bench for the half. You know, Marcus Knight, you lose one fumble. Nick Osmo, you get the next series. And it's like this whole thing of like. I think it feels like this time they've found that good blend of everybody sports everybody. Yeah, the, the fumble, uh, you see the whole team is up and ready to go. Um, they're not – it's it's not it, – I think they've found a good harmony with it. I even think the way Hauk treats the media sets up an us-versus-them mentality. And I'm not saying this is good or bad, but you remember from a few weeks ago when that reporter asked about last year's <laughs> – team yeah and to, he asked the question to dalton sneed and how interrupts dalton from answering the question and saying no we're not going to talk about last year like we're this year and he's you know i don't again i don't have a problem with that actually mm. um even though some people found that highly offensive but it's a way i think he shows the the players it's us versus them and them yeah. is literally everyone Everybody. And I guess who's on your team? Me. Me. And so yeah. when I'm hard to hard on you, it's because I'm your ally. Right. You know, it's kind of funny because that plays right into he was mic'd up on the last home game. And it was just him at practice kind of BSing with Dante and someone else. And they were joking about something. He's like, oh, you're a senior? Yeah, you're a senior too? All right. Well, we can be friends when you guys graduate. Right now I'm your coach. And we are <laughs> not friends. But when you graduate. And I think young men are really – prone to like buying into that kind of stuff and i think it for real valid reasons but i i don't know if it's a premeditated thing or something bobby has or just comes by naturally like a a certain type of coach is this type of coach and he sets up these dynamics even unconsciously but it's certainly an effective psychological way oh yeah to run a squad oh yeah and you know i think I mean, with that, like, you hear from former Bobby players, freshman, sophomore, bit of junior year, they hated his guts. <laughs> Second half of junior, most of senior, they liked him. Post, post-play, post they appreciate what he, what he did for them and what he turned them into. And um, you hear that left and right from guys that, that played for him. And, you, I mean, but... I hear from former Stip players, former Delaney players, former Flu players that have said similar stuff as well, too. So it's not that Bobby has this secret sauce recipe like for that. But I hear it more about former Bobby players than anybody else. I think it's an uncomfortable truth that we don't like to admit in society that sometimes a hard, heavy hand is a very effective way 
to bring greatness from players because we, we want to like be the nice guy all the time. Yeah. We, you know, everyone needs to like get a badge and yeah. stuff and, you know, internal competition and <laughs> losing downs and losing, you know, your, your spot sometimes. It's me doing spelling tests with my seven year old. Oh my gosh. <laughs> can't be what? Like, it's like, okay, sweetie, well, you got them all wrong. No, she's, she's, she's great, but you find if you lock her in, she's, she's dialed in and does great, but you can't, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta have that, uh, but it can go too far. I mean, like, oh, there's absolutely. this whole, like, yeah. and, and if you don't, if you don't get what you're doing it for, but you're just doing it because that's what football coaches do, then you're a moron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. I got the other one I got from Marty. Want me to read this one? Or you got your others? Yeah, sure. No, that's good. Okay. Hey, Chris, good to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, so sent to me by way of Twitter. Fan pod question. Um, in 2016, we were ranked 10th in the nation and 5-1 and one with only one loss, which was a close one to Cal Poly on the road. Grizz Nation was flying bef- flying high before. We all know what happened that year. We didn't make the playoffs. So the question is, what makes this year so much different? Why is 2019 different than 2016? Well, to start, isn't that the year we played three different QBs in successive weeks? 2016? or was No, it, tw- no it was 2015. That was Ch- 2015. Chad Chalish got a couple starts in there. Okay. But it was Gustafson most of the way. I think, though, the answer probably lies with this is just a better team. Um, More complete team, for sure. Guess who was, like, in the last five games, I kind of looked up some of the stats. The top three receivers for the Grizz that year, Jerry Louis McGee, Keenan Curran, and Justin Calhoun as a redshirt freshman. We had... Gustafson is our quarterback. Chad mm-hmm. Challenge is our quarterback. Dalton Sneed's an upgrade there. And I would say that we... An upgrade. Jerry, Jerry Lou McGee's a better receiver now than he was then. Oh, he's absolutely... He was a gimmick then. And, I would, ta- and I would take like our next four receivers over Keenan Curran and Justin Calhoun. Yep. And who had we beat in that year, 2016? I got it in front of me here. So this is the way our season went. We opened against Mighty St. Francis. And we beat them 41-31. So the concerns about the Grizz defense reigns high. But then probably, like we were talking about, like what was the more the most recent significant Grizz road win? We go to UNI, and we beat them 20-14 on a pretty heady, like strong defensive effort. And they were ranked three at the time. Yeah, yeah. But again, UNI is always overranked early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go to the road, and we lose to Cal Poly by one. Jerry Louis McGee sets all sorts of records because he was our run, bubble screen running back, right? Uh, we come home. We face Southern Utah. We beat him 43-20. And then we play the mighty Mississippi Valley State. I don't know their mascot. But we beat him 67-7. And then the next week we play Sac State, who was garbage that year. And we beat him 68-7. Yep. We're flying high. We've played one tough opponent. Two, well, we lost to a gimmicky Cal Poly and we lost to, and we we played a good team, good or better team in you and I. I mean, I guess the 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 realistic answer is time will tell. Yeah. I mean, I think we're a better team. I think we're a more complete team. Yep. So here's the rest of that season. Then we go to NAU. Mike was in attendance I was there. Oh God. Forty-five, thirty-four, NAU. 
We come uh, then we go to the wonderful red field in Cheney, Washington, and we lose thirty five sixteen. I think uh, Luke and I were at that we game. We were at that yeah. game. I went to back to back road games oh and lost. I bet we did play laser tag. Though. We did. Yeah, got some laser <laughs> was tag. In. I was invited to go to that, and I opted out. And everyone was concerned because laser tag came up. That I opted out because of laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't handle it. Luke, um, Luke is good at laser tag, as you might imagine. Hey, I'm good at laser tag, too. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know you didn't come. Uh, so then we come home, and we face Idaho State. We beat them. We put 62 on the board, but we allow 44 points. Then we go to Greeley, Colorado, and we lose 28-25. You know, that was one for the morale busting. That there was one. We had a – they blocked one of our punts. I think I – I got their box score up. So they returned. They they took. Yeah, they had like a sixty yard pass. They had. Um, yeah. Oh man. But I mean, I guess so the, the answer to the question is yeah. Challenge played was and QB. Um, he was just coming off a great game the week before, and it just. I mean, I think that was. He was. He threw for one hundred and seventy two yards and was sacked six times with no touchdown passes. I mean, we'd seen things that now looking back on it, we should have said yeah. Um, Bob Stitt's offense was one-dimensional but i think that was the moment where everybody kind of realized like this don't work this offense isn't like it's not we're just waiting for the right guys it's like this offense just isn't well so in that game too the grizz went up 25 21 with seven minutes to go in the game but northern colorado scored with three and a half minutes left and then um we this was yeah we had a lot of young guys and we ended a drive with a dropped pass and Northern Colorado got the ball back and scored again. Nope, just didn't give it back to us. It was game over after they'd taken that. But I mean, I guess I'll tell you what the difference is: is Bobby Houck. This coaching staff is so much better than that one, and that's not a knock on the guys on that staff. But this is one of the most experienced coaching staffs in this level. Yes, and I just don't see. I don't see what we have going on offense being as fluky. As maybe it was. Then. There was no gimmicks about last week. We've already said no. it. Well, we just lined up and beat them. And again, yeah. that year in 16, like we gave up 31 to St. Francis. We gave up 42 to Cal Poly. We Then we played Mississippi Valley State and Sac State, who were just trash. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't even like a comparable game. And then we started playing real offenses again. NAU 45, Eastern 35, Idaho State 44, Northern Colorado 28, and then, of course, MSU 24. So, I mean, it was like – we were flawed, and we were one of these teams that, by virtue of what we who we played that year, outside of a game or two, made us look like we were just some world-beating team with amazing stats. But we were we had a stretch where we were just beating three dog crap yeah. teams in a row. And I think like we played ranked Southern Utah, but that was a year after they were any good. Like they were. And they weren't that good that year. Well, yeah, they ended up not at being the time. Good. We thought they were still the Southern Utah from the year before. Yep. Turns out they weren't. They yep. were not. Huh. Fascinating. Right. This segment could take us down some wormholes, but right. that was a lot of fun. Um, you guys, keep that up. Be thinking of questions submitted to during the week, and we will uh, we'll answer some next week. All right. What's next? Whenever you say what's next, we all know what's next. We all know what's next. No, 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 no. We don't know what's next yet. Like, I don't think you're ready for what's next. <laughs> <laughs> should, you, should I be afraid of what's next, Luke? Do you remember that MTV show called Next? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. 
I do. Mike, it is time for the check down. Yes. <laughs> High tech here. High tech. <laughs> Sounded pretty good last week. Okay, Mike. This is the segment where I ask you quick questions in succession, and you give me quick answers. Always. Always. <laughs> All right, Mike. The Grizz offense gets five possessions against the Grizz defense. How many points do they score? 28. Whoa. I, I think our offense is that good. Wow. Okay. Uh, Mike, last Thursday, King Felix probably threw his final pitch as a Mariner in a storied and glorious 15-year career. Who do you pick if you get the totality of each of their careers? King Felix or Mariano the Sandman Rivera? Mariano Rivera? Yeah. I mean, that's a stupid question, Luke. <laughs> Did Felix even go to the playoffs? No. What's that's not his fault. Man. No. He no. pitched twice as many innings. So who cares? Mariano <laughs> Rivera is a surefire Hall of Famer. Well, he's already there. Well, so Last is one King Felix. Felix. I don't care. <laughs> Mariano is the all-time saves leader in the, in the postseason. Career lowest ERA. Yeah, but that's how many World Series rings There's more have? playoff games. Nonsense. Now. <laughs> I'll take five World Series over whatever drivel you Mariners fans come up with. Uh, okay, what about Frank Thomas or Alex Rodriguez? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> <laughs> I would throw Frank Thomas because I think A Rod's a tool. Uh, Tom Glavin or Andy Pettit? Andy Pettit. John Story Smoltz user. or Roger Clemens? You know, John Smoltz, because I, I liked how he reinvented himself as a closer after he got hurt. Yep. Man, I kind of anticipated you picking all Yankees here. <laughs> and so my follow-up question was going to be, why don't you care about steroid use? <laughs> <laughs> Notice how I've forgiven Andy Pettit a lot more than I've forgiven Roger Clemens. <laughs> Actually, I don't care. They Clemens was World Series. I don't Clemens care. was a Red Sox, like half his life. Yeah, half his yeah. career, too. I so. have zero. Yeah. <laughs> um. Vontez Perfect was suspended for the remainder of the NFL season. How many games is the right amount of games, and how many games will he actually serve? He should never play again, and he's going to get that reduced to six games. And if I was in the players' union and the players' union was fighting for him, I would almost consider leaving the players' union. Agreed. Because it's like he's going to get someone killed. I mean, the guy clearly he's either doing it on purpose or he's an idiot. Fair. Yeah, look at his Agreed. career. I mean, he cost Cincinnati their only realistic chance at a at a playoff win a few years. I mean, he just he, he's an idiot. Okay, uh, Mike, you are a practicing realtor, but Brent has perfected it. Why are you still practicing? <laughs> <laughs> it's because I don't have enough charts and graphs. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mike is a pedestrian. <laughs> that is not nice. No, it's not true. Uh, Brent, you know that Mike has this nice big truck. Yeah. And we've talked about his nice big camper. Mike, in what other ways are you compensating? (laughs) Mike, what's the square footage of your house? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want an answer to that? (laughs) 36 huts. Okay, Mike, what advice would you give a young realtor? <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. Mike, what advice would you give a young realtor who wants to hide his drinking habit as well as you do? 
god! Oh, that's the best one ever. Oh boy! But here's the sub segment. I think we should we should pause and say that. I don't have a Mike's on his fourth water tonight. Okay, so. These guys outdrink me every pod. If you were here. Okay, Mike, sub-segment. Are people still doing that? Eating meals without taking pictures. I do. Uh, paying taxes. <laughs> well, me, me, yeah. Paying for stuff with checks. Nope. Uh, using Facebook. Yes. Posting on his egress. <laughs> well, Brent's hey. the most common poster on egress. Um, having sex. <laughs> <clears throat> I, you know, obviously the birth rate's not really declining that much, so clearly that's happening. <laughs> okay, Mike, last question. This is going to take some thought. Uh, Tim, the tool man Taylor, Al Borland, and Wilson. Of those three characters, who on our show is which and why? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Luke, you're Wilson. Yes. Because you are thoughtful and you come up with, you, you're analytical and you come up with very interesting takes. And your mustache hides most of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> it's the I mean, I guess Brent is Tim the Toolman Taylor. What? Because he's always trying new things and they're exploding. And I'm Al because I'm the glue that's holding this whole thing together. Ooh. Okay. All right. That's actually a better answer than I think. <laughs> Thanks for answering one question this week. <laughs> Mike, are you going to start selling garage doors? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Get a Wayne Dalton door. Get a Wayne Dalton. All right. And uh, that's the check down. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, hey, we're like, <laughs> what are we? What are we? An hour and a half into this thing? Oh, we're one hour forty minutes. All right, well, we're it sounds like it's about time hours. to ta- talk about our game this week, Idaho State. Yeah, Idaho State. So I'm gonna go right out and say, Brent, I think you're giving Idaho State too much credit. <laughs> Tell us why you love them so much. I so I posted this. I got my scouting reports up on Egres uh, for those of you that still use Egres, and <laughs> um, you know I. Idaho State is a pass-heavy team, and so they've they've got their their named starting QB back, who is uh, Matt Struck, missed a missed a game missed about a game and a half due to injury concussion in the Utah game. Yeah, concussion in the Utah game, missed their uh, road game against um, U and I, and then came back and, and, and I mean this guy is passing the two games he's he's started he's passed for three thirty two and four hundred. Idaho State has a more experienced and I would venture a better wide receiver core than UC Davis. I don't think Strzok is as good as Meyer when Meyer's on his game. But um, they have a senior running back. They have two senior receivers in, in Michael Dean and Mitch Guller. Of course, Mitch Guller last year was, I think, tops in all receiving stats. He had his brother throwing him the ball. But um, – this is a team where it's a pass-heavy team. And again, the Grizz defense, the pass defense looked much better, but we're facing yet another offense that is a more pass-heavy, spread it out, can't focus on a guy. 
and has a skilled, quick, one-cut type running back. And Strzok, so the big difference between Strzok and Jake Mayermeyer, Strzok has 10 touchdowns passing in two and a half games. Mayermeyer has 10 touchdowns in five games now. Strzok has thrown one interception. Meyer's thrown six. Strzok's a cleaner QB so far. Now, fair observation they haven't played the same teams. And 100%. They've already had they haven't played the same teams. Because <laughs> they're two Idaho wins. State is 2-2, two and two, yes. and they've played Western Colorado. Luke, what league is Western Colorado in? They're in the no-one-gives-a-shit league. <laughs> See, I thought maybe they were in they were in the Eastern AA of Montana. Yeah. Um, they, they got beat by Hellgate last week. In other words, terrible. <laughs> and they Idaho State let them score 13 points. So, great. Yeah. Yeah. Z- oh, zero to thirty-one to Utah. Six to thirteen lost to Northern Iowa, who yep. we've already decided is overrated. But you know who just scored twenty-seven points on Northern Iowa? Weber. Weber. Who we have just got done saying has a terrible offense. Yeah, so, they're bad. Brent, I'm trying to reconcile. Like, if the Grizz deployed almost an identical defensive uh, scheme yeah. against Idaho State, why would it work differently? You got to, uh, the things I see, so Idaho State on paper makes less errors than Davis does. So you think about a few plays where Davis turnovers set, Grizz up, set the Grizz up. So far, Idaho State has not shown that they've made those errors. Additionally, we see some instances, and again, we've talked about this before Fennessey, Ferreter, there's a lot of familiarity here. Mm-hmm. I don't think Idaho State is going to be caught off guard by the physical nature of Bobby's team. Okay. And I think another thing, and this is fascinating, like we were watching this, right? Jake Meyer fumbles the ball. Grizz get the ball. They line up. What do I say to the room when we're watching this? Bobby's going to throw in the end zone. They're going to call a touchdown. He play did. Because what Bobby likes to do Go on for the, the visitor's side of the field, if you get a turnover, one play, one score. Jerry Lou McGee in the corner. Rob Fantasy and Mike Ferrer are going to know this. And so there's going to be a little bit more familiarity. Idaho State's not a better team than UC Davis, but I think they're going to play us tougher and in a, in a much different fashion. And I think we, we're starting to see this. And, Mike, this kind of alludes to something you brought up a couple of weeks ago. I think teams get up and play better on Washington Grizzly. I think the excitement, oh, I disagree I think the excitement yep. of the stadium versus playing in front of 3,000 people in that shit-ass dome in Pocatello is way more exciting. And so you're going to come in for your coaches. You've got a very experienced crew. Now, granted, I don't think these guys, Michael Dean, uh, Ty Flanagan, Mitch Guller, I don't think they have played in Washington Grizzly, have they? Or maybe sat on the sidelines. A few of them might have been there in 2016, but they didn't really. So that'll be interesting to see, like, how they respond uh, actually being up there. Um, Idaho State has statistically a better defense than the Grizz. They're allowing less per game. Granted, again, opponents like we got to take that into account uh and the other real fascinating thing about idaho state they're only allowing touchdowns on 31 percent of red zone visits so when a lot of teams get to the red zone on idaho state it's a real bend don't break they they lock it up and it's something i mean it's some it was i don't have it in front of me right now but it was some sort of number where it was like basically teams have come into Idaho state's red zone 17 times and have scored like scored a touchdown, like five where the Grizz on the other side are allowing touch opponent touchdowns uh, in the red zone 
70% of the time. And that's actually like not terrible. Like that's, that's not like a terribly bad stat. So the fascinating thing with me, so Idaho state has a good pass offense. They have a more experienced core. They've got a QB that, that we'll have to see how he does. Right. Mm -hmm. But if the Grizz get to the red zone and ISU tightens up and we're kicking a lot of field goals, what ISU does is they score on big plays. They are a home run hitting team. Yep. And they've got the, the receivers to do it. And we are a home run susceptible defense. Michael Dean, right? Michael Dean, yep. Mitch Guller, and then of course we saw a little bit of it. Number eighty, which is crazy. So they they the guy that they snapped in here is this Tanner Connor, number eighty, and he's he's a big dude. He's six three, but he's he's like a track star for the team. And if you pull up the six minute highlight reel from the Portland State win. This guy just runs away from people, and it looks like a it looks like like a like a Gronk, like a tight end, but just like running away from people. Now Portland State, who knows how good they actually are? They haven't, you know. But but it's still like they're going to be competitive. I think I I think this game will be interesting in the sense that I don't think Idaho State is as terrible as people think they are. I don't think they're as good as Davis, but I think they are going to come to this game better prepared than Davis was for us last week. Okay. Yeah. I just don't think that – I think Struck is a young QB. He's going to be making his third career start. Yep. Fourth career start, I guess. He started Utah. Started he Utah, got, got knocked out. He hasn't seen anything like this. They're going to pressure him, whether it's blitzes or just, you know, our unique defense. Sure. He's mobile enough. I think they're going to score their points. But I don't think this is going to be close. Like, I, I just – I mean, it's like this is one of those – you can compare UC Davis's stats with, with Idaho State stats, and UC Davis is typing on a computer and printing it out, whereas Idaho State's drawing with crayons. <laughs> like, I mean, Western State's insurance of Colorado might as well be a peewee <laughs> football team. Utah means nothing. Northern Iowa was a shit game, and Portland State is clearly terrible. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. So and they knocked PSU's QB out of starting QB out of that game too, right? Yeah, yeah I, I I'm predicting a Grizz win, but I'm predicting a type of game where it's going to be. I I I think we're going to win by two or three scores. I I just which it, is and a good win. It's a good win. But I think, uh, again, I talked about my Wisconsin fandom, but they hosted uh, Northwestern this last weekend after beating Michigan, another perpetually overrated team. And they eked out a win on their defensive prowess against Northwestern. So I could I could just see something where it's just a somewhat of a flat game. And I, I, I think Idaho State's coming to play. I think the Grizz are coming to play too. So I'm not, I'm not saying Idaho State's going to win this. One thing that doesn't impress me about Idaho State is their special teams. Yeah. They give up a ton of kick return yardage. Their kick coverage is 12th to Portland State. Which, if you've got bad special teams, it tells me that you're a sloppy team in some regards. Yeah. I don't and think you're not you're, deep. It's like, yeah, sucks. exactly. Yeah. And you could talk about how the um, ISU staff is up to play Montana. And that could be true for a few of them. But. They're also nowhere near the staff that we've got, and they're nowhere near the players that we've got. Yep. And so we talked about, granted, different situation, but you think about the head coach, you think about the staff, this could be Idaho State's Super Bowl. 
So they've got North Dakota. They go to Idaho, Southern Utah. They'll win that. Northern Colorado. Then they go Eastern, and then they've got a wonderful mid-November trip to BYU. And then they play – yeah, yeah, they're scheduling. Their first week was a bye, as everybody, I think, who listens to a lot of mid-podcasts knows. Uh, And then they play Weber. So they've got – they're staring at another four to five for sure losses outside of Montana. And much like – now, Idaho, we've talked about this a little different desire for play in certain games, but – I think a lot of this Idaho State, it's like Portland State last year. It, you can go into Montana. Portland State beat us at homecoming too, did they not? They did. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you go into Montana, you spoil their homecoming, made a year. We made it our year. We did it. But I guess the premise is, are we a better team than we were last year? Hell yes, absolutely. I just, I mean, this team with the senior leadership, I just, I just don't see it. I, I don't really see it either, but I just see people just being like, "We're gonna kick the shit out of these guys." I don't, I don't see that either. But, I don't, I don't yeah. know what the spread is, but would you think that Idaho State would cover the spread? Uh, I don't know. It's, if it's like twenty plus points, yeah. Hmm. Do you think they'd cover a twenty? A twenty burger. Yeah, Mike, you, you thought that they would beat the shit out of them. Yes, I do. A 20-burger. I think I think the Grizz will oh. cover 20 points spread on them. Uh, well, if what I'm reading is... Um, okay, so right now it suggests it's 10.5 points. Grizz take, will cover take that. Take the Grizz and the over. <laughs> yeah. According to Montana Parlay is uh, number one choice yeah, that's, of odds. That's way... Well, Sagarin rankings, Idaho State's like fifth. I know. We roll our eyes, but then when Hot Take Nate, you know, gets busted by it, he he calls it fake, but then he likes to hang on it otherwise. So I, I just I think Idaho State presents a very fascinating challenge of experienced skill players with a newer quarterback, a coaching staff with more familiarity in what Hauk does in games. And so that thing where this Davis stuff where, hey, we're going to hit you with some new design. We're going to hit you with some physical play. We're going to change some defensive structure. We're going to we're going to attack you once you turn it over. Idaho State will know that where Hawkins and UC Davis did not. Now, knowing it, will they stop it? Who knows? I mean, probably not. Not enough. Yeah. But I think it's going to be some stuff where if, you know, Forest and Idaho State fumble, get it on the 35, they're going to know we're going to take a shot to the end zone. And it's going to take a play away. And then it's going to slow down, and we're going to kick a field goal, and we're going to get three instead of seven. Like, I could see a lot of that type of stuff happening. So, yeah. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's fine. Cool. You're allowed for it. Thanks, Mike. Wow. I'm, I'm just going to look up the weather forecast for Saturday. Please do. Rainy. Is it? Not Sean Rainy, but just regular rainy. Mostly cloudy. Ooh. High of 51. Oh, it changed. Ah, oh, look at that. 20% chance of precipitation. Wind, 7 miles an hour. That's going to be an okay day for football. It's going to be a typical fall day for football. That's going to be a good day. But the You're thing- still going to get warmed up by the rum. So this is you know, <laughs> chilly weather. You know, the thing I've always that, that's kind of funny is too. 
Homecoming crowds are always the weirdest crowds. Mm-hmm. You have a whole lot of people where it's just kind of like, yeah, football. Like, you know? I mean, it, it just it seems to me like the weirdest vibe type of crowd um, is homecoming games. Hmm. Yeah. I've definitely heard you say that before, which means I've been hanging out with you too long and reading your stuff on Egris too long. <laughs> but you've definitely, you, you definitely feel strongly about that point. I think this is like Green Bay Packer fans talking about gold package games. So gold package, if you so the Green Bay Packers used to play four regular season games in Milwaukee, and that was the gold package. I have two family members that are gold package season ticket holders. Huh. So of course now all the games are in Green Bay. So those four games, if you're a gold package member, you still get those. But a lot of the gold package people that live in Madison to Milwaukee throw their tickets on you know whatever Craigslist, StubHub. You name it. So the gold package games tend to have a lot more visiting fans and rando weird-ass fans buying resale tickets. So Homecoming is the Grizz's gold package game. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. The people that yell at you if you stand up on third down. (laughs) That kind of game. Yeah. You need to sit down. You know what? If people stand up in front of me on third down, I get fucking pissed. You sit in the front row. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, Mike. <laughs> Who are those people? James? <laughs> it's Case Cookus flipping the bird. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Case Cookus should apply for another year of eligibility because he was injured for like the last three years. Yes. And grad transfer here. I mean, I just think we'd embrace him. You know, I just think it'd be a good fit. Oh, I I, I like his fire. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm about this. Like, let's just let's just you know what? Let's just do it together, Case. Listen, I want to see him play like fullback or something. He can throw a block. No, <laughs> too soon. I too watch soon. That helmet. Anything else on Idaho State, guys? Good to go. I mean, I feel like. We've hit the good. I mean, I think their defense is more of an unknown than their offense, and yeah. I think we're going to score points on them. Yeah, so. we'll have to see. And, and yeah, sometimes you get these things where they have not played teams like us, and right, Utah probably didn't open the playbook up against them. So, will this be a team where we come in and we really expose them for what they are? Hopefully, so. But uh, on the other side, maybe it's going to be a little trickier than I thought. But I, it's I, if anyone expects us to just be a complete cakewalk where we're up 35-0 at the half, I'm not seeing that. Okay. Well, we need to address the elephant in the room, and that is <laughs> on Egris. You got criticized. You said, "Don't I be." Did. They said, "Don't be that guy." Yeah. Who all of a sudden says that Idaho State is better than UC Davis. And some nice reader jumped to your defense. They said, "Yeah, if you listen to the Grizz Fan Pod, that's not Brent; it's Luke." It is Luke. Care to comment, Luke? It's crazy how <laughs> Brent can do the actual thing he was accused of. <laughs> it's it's bias. They don't want to attack one of their own. They know you hate Egris, so get on you. I I don't know much about how egris works <laughs> but i do know it's the same like nine old guys that just post their hot takes right i don't know much never mind yes <laughs> i mean but i know the... i love you <laughs> that was i was at qb club tonight i had like at least 10 people come to me they're like 
Why are you posting on Egress so much anymore? It's like, oh, I still post my stuff. It's all good. I just don't jump into the BS as much. <laughs> anyway, I went, I went into Egress this week and read after. Case closed. Yep, there yeah, we go. And that's fine. Bring the hate. Yep. That was. I had a story from QB Club. While we are in the uh, meal line, scooping yep. up our meatloaf, and he was telling me about. It's going to give away the median age of the QB club. <laughs> he was up at 3 a.m. today because he had a colonoscopy. And so Ooh. while he was drinking the stuff you got to drink pre-colonoscopy, he was browsing egress. <laughs> and he was noticing that at 3.30 in the morning, people were posting on egress, and he was quite surprised. And so he said to me, who posts on egress at 3.30 in the morning? And my reply was, Guys getting colonoscopies, I guess. I don't know. But a bunch of guys full of shit. <laughs> Some asshole. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Okay. Luke, do you know what time it is now? I think, um, I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah, that's it, guys. We are far from done. We, we are show. absolutely not done. Good show, boys. <laughs> this is now time for the BW. R, 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 R. <laughs> I have an echo feature. Quality, man. quality. Do you have an echo feature? Yeah, man, but I mean. All right, we're going to have to figure this out. I mean, post-production. We could. All right, so, like, yeah, so no, Brent, no, no. we're going to lead this off with an easy one for you. <laughs> we are now five weeks into the season. Yeah. Top five freshman contributors, oh redshirt or true? Um, I'm going to blank out names is my problem. See, I'm. What's that? What's that noise? <laughs> uh, J- James set an alarm on his tablet to uh, tell you you're running out of time. This is amazing. <laughs> See, like, like I like what I like, Mike, is that you with the checkdown, like you're like so good and quick about everything, and I am like a real shitty politician in a debate where I can stall stuff out and be like, "Thank you, Iowa." <laughs> I really appreciate being here. Your weather is good and your food is great. Uh, okay, so um, let's see. Number five would be um, Corbin Walker, corner, a little bit of playtime, right? right. Uh, number four would be <laughs> Braxton Hill, special teams. Doing a little bit of work, thirty-five out there doing some stuff. Are you just naming freshmen, or are you actually talking about guys who have played? No, these dudes have played. Check. Okay. Um, (laughs) Crap. I'm going to run out of guys. Well, okay. Uh, Honestly, I would say one is Nick Osmo, and two is going to be Jacob McGorn. And Joey Elwell actually had a catch in the Davis game, so it's cool to see that. But outside of that, freshman guys. who am I missing? I think that's it, Patrick. right? Well, he's a redshirt freshman, though. We're talking about true freshman, aren't we? I thought you said Either true way, redshirt or redshirt. Or true. Yep. Oh, well, this changes the whole game. I mean, redshirt freshman. I mean, you got Maybe Patrick you should McConnell. listen to the whole question. Well, the- <sighs> you got nervous. He's sweating. <laughs> I get so nervous. Okay, Iowa. All right. <laughs> Luke, do you have one? Yes. Uh, Brent. <clears throat> for the record, that was true freshman only. Redshirt freshman, it's a totally different. Name me your top five Kardashians. <laughs> oh, no. Um. <laughs> it's a trick question because Kylie's actually a Jenner. <laughs> All right, that's a pass. <laughs> pass. It's a pass. What? <laughs> she. 
Well, there's like three, right? There's like Kim and Chloe and uh, the other one and the other one and the mom and then uh, the deceased know. father who got O.J. Simpson off. Yeah, that's got to be your number one. The the, the dead dad. Innocent. All right. So along the lines of the conversation we had earlier tonight <laughs> in the uh, v- uh, listener questions, yes. Uh, top ten cases of human cannibalism. Go. Top ten. Cases. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Wisconsin. Is, so Jeffrey Dahmer. I was going to say there's a list here on this this website I like to go, but I haven't recognized the name yet. Oh my god. Whew. Like I can think of two there, but and I don't know if it's but there's like Jeffrey Dahmer and then there's like the Donner Party, right? Yep. So, but right, I, that's like Dahmer like, is number three on this list. Number three, he had two higher than him. Yeah, the Chilean soccer team, oh, the yeah. Stella Maris College rugby team of Uruguay. Oh, Uruguay. Okay. Yep. Same guys. Curb West Indian tribes. I'm not going to read these. This is awful. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Too much cannibalism. Mike, your sponsored content on Egress is going to be terrible. It's going to be next terrible. Week. Next week. <laughs> All right. Okay, um, uh, Brent. At Shit. the risk of making Mike jealous, let's talk hair. Oh. <laughs> I got my haircut today, <laughs> and the lady said, you know, for for being bald, you have a lot of hair. And I said, yeah, it's a really cool trick. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her you're also the valedictorian of summer school. <laughs> for being bald. It's like, thanks, you know, you're working in a tip industry here. <laughs> okay. Uh, there are some players with wild hair. Oh, yeah. Major flow. Serious salad. Name your all hair squad in Grizz history. History? Ooh. Oh, I was, okay, I was ready for the current team. There's so many ways you can go with this. Who was it that had, like, a ridiculous mohawk? Was it Josh Buss? He had a year where he had, like, just a ridiculous, like, stupid mohawk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw Josh Buss in there. You know, I like Sammy Kim's dreads. I, I like I like the game there. I like the long hair. That's like the style, right? Um, Zach Wagman, the long blonde locks. Yep. Oh, boy, what are you showing me? Who do we got? Trevor Ream. I don't know what he have. Do you remember him? He had some nasty, just some nasty salad. He was a he was a Dylan guy. What was the year there was? Was he one of the guys? There was like a year, like a ton of them were doing like mullets and mustaches. Like it was just awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It, you can go back to some of these dudes. Uh, <laughs> you can go back to some of these guys in the eighties and the old uh, you know flowing mullets and stuff like that. Um, you know though, um, Jerry Lou McGee. Has has some some beautiful locks. He's got great hair. Marcus Knight with the fro, though. He yeah. also has great hair. What, I mean, like the like, how many running backs have we had with like a big beautiful fro like that? Number one, though, I'll give a shout out to my guy Jar Waller, who was bald as fuck. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and that one's a crossover from Mike. And I know Jar doesn't get this deep in the pod, so it's all good. <laughs> bald is beautiful, guys. I don't know what your problem is. AF, bald AF. So, apologies. We done? Sounds like we're done. No, we're not. Nope. Mike brought out the Kindle. What do you got there? Recently, (laughs) there's been a push in the state of Montana to erect a statue to Judy Martz. 
Thank God. <laughs> Speed skating in Montana needs its recognition. Yes, that. Yes. Um, I need another beer for going to be a dumpster fire. Top five reasons Judy March should have a statue. Speed skating, speed skating, speed skating, speed skating. First woman governor. Done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess we're done. <laughs> we're trying not to get political on here. All right. I, I've got some stick to sports tweets. All right, Brent. Uh, this weekend during the Grizz game. Yes. Uh, I met your wonderful wife, Courtney, for the yes. first time. Yeah. And I took the opportunity to ask her about some of your <laughs> hidden talents, secret talents. Okay. I thought and he was going somewhere else with this. She said, <laughs> she said, they're going to dinner tomorrow. I don't know what happened. <laughs> believe, it or not, believe it or not, Mike, Courtney said, Brent is great with accents. So what I've done, Whoa! what I've done is I've taken three sentences from his egress write-up <laughs> and given put them on a computer. And can you read these sentences in your best accent, as indicated? This is this is a hundred percent bullshit. I can... <laughs> What's the first one? All right, I got enough beers in me that I'm going to try this. Do, oh, do I do the accent? You guys have to guess. You do the accent. Mike can, can guess. I've put the, the sentence below. <laughs> oh, my. What? All right. Oh, my God. Uh, this is stressing me out. Uh, this guy. See, I'm. That's Luke's goal. This guy, statistically. See, I can't even do it. <laughs> I think to, there I'm is trying to get a little Steve Irwin better than two to one odds that Courtney did not say this. To no shit. <laughs> All right, the first. Okay, can either of you two in Australian say this guy statistically seems a little unflappable? <laughs> like I'm trying to like Steve Irwin it and be like crikey and like <laughs> like throw it in there, but it's not do, working. Do your best. This is the BWR. <laughs> <laughs> I just did. I don't okay, know. okay, move on. Move oh. on. What's the next one? <laughs> I hate you guys right now. <laughs> don't hate me. I'm just here. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> I can't, like, how do you put an accent to this? <sighs> Listen, Courtney told me it, this was your skill. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Like, I can't. If, if Montana. Okay. If Montana. I hate you guys. This is so bad. <laughs> she said, There's nothing Brent is better at than accents. He's better at accents than being a father. <laughs> and we hear how bad he is at accents. All right. Read the All sentence. Right, I quit. Read the sentence like you normally do and then try the accent. Montana can break through ISU stout red zone defense. They should be comfy come the fourth quarter. And I need to say that in Irish. Okay. Yep. Give it, <laughs> give it, give it a go. <laughs> give it a go. I don't even. <laughs> I can't. Oh my god. This well. Is, well. This is... And the last one was in British. You that's didn't the even... best thing you do. <laughs> 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 I'm now drenched in sweat. This is terrible. 
Uh, Mike, you're up. <laughs> um, Britt, in a reprise from last year, see if you can improve upon yourself. Oh, Halloween candy. No! Uh, no, it's too early for Halloween candy. I've been tweeted at Tomorrow, when the pod comes out today, I guess, is October 1st. It is. Which means uh, whatever random cable station is going to start the 30 days of Halloween. <laughs> Top five Halloween movies of all time. Was I asked this last year? I, if you were, you did terrible. <laughs> did I talk? Okay, no. Um, We'd added you to the, to the pod by this point last year, so was I on the pod? You didn't ask me about Halloween movies, though. I, I don't know. I'm not a scary movie guy. This is my problem. I don't like scary movies. So Halloween one, two, three, four, five, done. I'm busy reading how to do an Irish accent on WikiHow. <laughs> Can I tell you guys about a movie called Spookly, The Square Pumpkin? Uh, yep. Mike, have you watched this movie? No, but I, I believe you told this. this story last year. <laughs> <laughs> it is a computer-animated 1996-ish movie about a pumpkin who is square, and he is treated unfairly by the bats. Hip to be square. Yeah. No Huey Lewis in it, though. Yeah. No, they, they, they couldn't. Lost opportunity. They could not pay for the rights to get Huey Lewis <laughs> on that. This is a very low-budget movie. But my, uh, well, my middle daughter and now my young daughter love the shit out of this movie. It pops up on Netflix every mid-September. And it's a square pumpkin who is uh, racially profiled for his squareness <laughs> by the round pumpkins until one day it gets windy. And the round pumpkins get blown around the uh, pumpkin patch. And they're going to get blown into like a river or something. And the bats on the farm can't save them because they can't fly in the wind. But the square pumpkin does not roll. So the square pumpkin saves the round pumpkins. And is chosen by the farmer to be eviscerated on the front porch with a candle put inside of him and be the Halloween pumpkin. Spookly, the square oh, pumpkin. What a, what a reward. I live tweeted it when I watched it the first time. I was very drunk. It was great. Do the deer eat the pumpkin? There's no deer. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do the town deer eat the pumpkin? The, town, the, the urban deer show up. Okay, let's wrap up the BWR. I think we're good here. You're wiki-howing some Irish accent. Let's hear what you got. Oh, I already closed it. Mike, you are mostly Irish. Yeah, my 23 and me is about 73%. Let's hear the accent. He explains his drinking habit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, now we're into racial stereotypes on this show. We're just talking about pumpkins, man. Ooh. We're talking about pumpkins, Michael. Um, hey, guys, time- congrats on the new pod record. We're at two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Something's got to give here. Bear Tycoon. If we had a producer, <laughs> yeah. he would have told us last week less. Less. Cut it. Cut it. Less. Cut it. If you are still listening at this point, we probably lost people in the middle there because we had a good 45 minutes of non directly Grizz content. <laughs> but those questions were a lot of Grizz stuff. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, let's pick the big sky and wrap this up. Yeah, thank God. All right. So this week. UC Davis goes to the University of North Dakota in Grand Forks, North Dakota. I'm picking Davis. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'll go Davis, I suppose. I could see North Dakota winning that, though. Do you, think, Davis. do you think we demoralized 
That's a thing. I, I think we might have just I, ruined their year. Maybe, but I think Mayor Meyer is a senior quarterback, and they know their backs are against the wall. Will Harrell be back? Because we knocked him out like yeah. the first series. Good question. And their pass game was not nearly as effective. I don't know. Yeah, I'll go Davis. I mean, North Dakota, they played Eastern Washington 20-35 to 35 in a loss. They beat Sam Houston State 27-23. Yeah, they did. They got kind of spanked by Fargo in Fargo, North Dakota State. So that's the game you circle. They got beat 38-7, to and mm-hmm. UC Davis dang near beat North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Davis. Yeah, I'm going to pick Davis too. Okay. Uh, then we have... Weber State going to Idaho. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Idaho won this game? What do we? How do you pick this game? Oh man, is this a stay away if you're a gambler? It's oh, a stay away if you're a gambler. Away. Gambler. Oh my god. I mean, I'm gonna say Weber's gonna win, but if Idaho won it, it wouldn't shock me. Not at all. <laughs> On the road. You know, this is another team that Idaho should get up to play. Do you think Weber, after, you know, after watching what Idaho did last week, you know, this will be a letdown game for Weber? <laughs> I mean, it could be. The funny thing is, is Idaho goes to Portland State the next week, so wouldn't that be funny if they beat Weber and they go to Portland and lost to Portland? <laughs> That's exactly the, what would happen. The Tubbs and the Club guys, oh my God. I just imagine the AD... Uh, writing and then ripping up a bunch of like <laughs> termination letters for Petrino. You're fire. Okay, no, oh. no, no, no. God, P- glue them back together. Uh, I'm gonna have to go Weber. Yeah, Weber. Yep, Weber. Then Southern Utah goes to Portland State. Oh boy, Portland State's gonna win because they're at home. I mean, Southern Utah has proven really inept. Portland State's without their starting QB. Oh. I'll go Southern Utah. Too late. No, Portland State. Too late. Stay in Portland State. (laughs) Southern Utah. You gave it away, Brent. Uh, Yeah, Southern Utah for me. Uh, Northern Colorado goes to NAU. Northern Colorado's going to lose that game to NAU. Yes, they are. Mike. Northern Colorado has won their one game this year. <laughs> Congratulations. Nice USC. job, guys. The Ernest Collins saves his job. Saved game. his job. That was the that was a big one. I w- we should next year try that elimination, the big sky elimination <laughs> thing. Oh, that could be fun. We can only pick, pick a team pick once. once. Yeah. Oh man. And you would have You'd have got Northern Colorado off your list. That would have been quite, but I mean, would I have ever picked them in an elimination game? (laughs) In like week one of conference play, too. Against Idaho. I'm Um, I'm picking NAU. Yeah, NAU. We're we're all tracking together right now. Uh, Then Eastern Washington goes to Sacramento State. That's a fascinating game. Sac State's defense statistically is one of the best so far in the conferences, and they've played two FBS teams, including Arizona State, who's kind of the top-ish team in the Pac-12. Um, but Eastern Washington's starting to get a little healthy, right? They're getting guys back. It's in sack. That's a tough one. I think uh, Eastern's going to win. But again, it, would, it, it wouldn't be interesting. It wouldn't be surprising to me if sack puts up a game. So I had two weeks to prepare. This is their bye week. 
I'll go SAC. I'm going to pick SAC State. SAC went 50 to 0 over Northern Colorado. Well, and I don't know Northern Colorado's bad, but they just beat Idaho. Yeah, I'm going to go SAC State. Why not? I'm going to go SAC State too. All right. So we've got two separate games. All right. Then we have Montana State goes to San Luis Obispo to play Cal Poly. Cats, unfortunately. Ooh, you're thinking about it. He's thinking about it. As much as I want it to be Cal Poly, the Cats are going to win that game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that anything Cal Poly does well contrasts against Montana State. Cat defense. Know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, Montana State. It's like hybrid triple option against real triple option. They won't get too fooled by it. All right, and then finally, we've got uh, Montana hosting Idaho State. Montana. Grizz. Montana big. Montana big. Big-ish. Montana big-ish. I said 38-20 on Egress. Games on Root Sports this week. Be listening for the Grizzman Pod shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> From Ty Gregorak? We're seeing From what who? we can do. I'll tell you what. I don't think Ty's doing the game. He didn't do the last week's game. Yeah, oh, no, I couldn't yeah, tell. It wasn't him. I'd love it if he did this one. Yeah, I think Montana's going to win this game Big. I I just think they're deeper. The special teams play is going to be at a different level. Uh, for all the reasons that the Grizz have been dominant, I don't I don't see Dalton Sneed all of a sudden becoming a bad decision maker. Yep, it hasn't been his tendency this year. I just don't no. see it. No, no, no. Yeah. And all again, right. and again, this like this Grizz team's proven like rough patches from Dalton they can overcome. Yep. Or last year they couldn't. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Anything else? Nope. That's good. All right. If we know you, we'll see you sooner. If not, we'll see you next week. Go Grizz. Fight on. Fight on.